If you come into this podcast, <laughs> trying to get me to play this, I'm quitting. <laughs> That's my last time. Issue twenty is into the line. <laughs> the imperial schools of honor podcast i'm josh folan and i am jay baxton and we are going to be bullshit about the formative years of console gaming as we revisit the periodicals that covered it again today we are testing our mega metal alongside the venerable dr light as he guides us through nintendo power issue 20 you can find the issue on archive.org if you want to look at the shit we're looking at i'll drop the link in the show notes as i always do Please rate and review the podcast if you like us talking about Mega Man and Nintendo Power and other retro video game things. It makes us feel good about ourselves, and I think also maybe helps other people find this podcast. Jay, what are you jamming on now? Man, I, oddly enough, everything I'm playing, the few games I'm playing, I should say, um, are all games we've talked about before. The first is Fortnite. I did not choose to play this game. I did not seek after this game. But as things would happen, my daughter was like, hey, you should play Fortnite with me. And I guess like all of their friends are playing it together. And I don't know if that's just because there's this new Lego mode. Like they released a bunch of new modes. So like Fortnite is popping again. I guess guess that's the bottom line. So as a result of that, I've been playing with them, you know, a lot, which has been fun. You know, I always like the, the style of that, even though I always lose at the end and never win. I always get second to some super builder because... I just can't do that. I probably should do the non-build mode, but that is not something that, you know, my daughter has wanted to do. So we're just doing the, I don't doing the normal even mode know and figuring it out. You're talking about building. I was under the impression that Fortnite was a very straightforward PvP arena deal. No. So <laughs> let me educate you, sir. Let, 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 me, let me take you under my wing, Josh. So Fortnite... Was kind of the You're just OG. going to be advising. You're not edu- <laughs> educate. Education is internalized and utilized. That will never happen. I'll be informed. Let, let me inform you. Let me inform you. <laughs> uh, so Fortnite is really like the battle royale, like the originator of the the big battle royale. So right. you know, hundred people or twenty five squads of four or whatever. You know, math it down. Battling out in this arena, which is ever, which is super wide open God, it's just, but it it's, shrinks and shrinks and it's it's a very fun mode but stress, in addition just, to that just you saying those words stresses me out no i it's, can't it's imagine i can't like imagine hiding. seeking to play that <laughs> just think of hunger games on a bigger scale you know what i mean it's hunger games on a bigger scale that's your biggest that's your best comparison so hunger hunger games you drop in you got to find weapons you got to find some kind i own of the soundtrack but i hated the that. movie jay <laughs> oh josh you're missing out <laughs> <laughs> but no, as a part of that, the funny thing is, or the fun thing for a lot of people is that you can build as a part of it. You start out with a pickaxe, so you're looking for, we- looking for weapons, but you can also break rocks, break walls, and you get the materials to be able to build walls. So if I come across you in the open world, my first instinct is going to – of course, I'm going to pull my gun and like take you out. But if you're quick at building, you can quickly just build walls around yourself and like run away, and then I'm running around trying to find you. Or I've got to like break down the wall. So people who are like fast at building, that changes the whole game because you can like quickly build stairs to like run away from an opponent. So that that has also made it hard for people like me who do not spend the time building stuff like that. I don't play those kind of games. 
whether it's that, Call of Duty, first-person shooters, anything to build. So they actually have a no-build mode, but like I, I've played that before because that's fun, but I, I don't. So the goal is just to survive. Game. There's no incentive to kill necessarily. Well, you're going to have to kill, even if you were to I understand. Hide, even if you were to hide all the way to the end until it's you and all that person, there is a storm cloud which will shrink and shrink. So even if you've hidden in the right spot, at the end of the map, you have to kill someone at the end. Yes, but, yeah, somebody's going to have to kill you. Or you're that's have that's to kill that's else. a that's a formality of of the survival goal. Okay, yeah, I I presumed it was you know statistics based or something kills and whatever. No, no, no. It's it's like like I said, Hunger Games. You got to find those people, or you know what I mean, or you're going to get taken out before they find you. So that's been fun. I've been doing that with with them. That's been a blast. Um, but outside of that. Lots of Call of Duty zombies still. Um, and it, well, I guess not just zombies. Zombies is my main thing because I've been getting good at it, really finding ways to unlock schematics so that I can pull wonder weapons and bring like much more powerful weapons into the map, which when I do that allows me to go deeper into the more higher threat zones where there are higher level zombies, better rewards, things like that. So I'm actually, before I was just like hanging out on the outsides of the map, the lower threat zones, dipping my toe into the medium threat zone. Now I'm like fully hanging out in a medium thread zone and like testing when I can go into the harder zone. So I'm playing that a lot and it's, it's been a blast, man. It is like, there's so much more to it than I realized. Cause before you just kind of drop in thinking, all right, this is the map, I'm killing zombies. You know, I'm, I'm trying to get cool weapons, kill zombies and complete contracts before, you know, and, and exfil on time. But there's like sigils you get and there's like these dark e- sigils. Exfil. No, that's what the, Yeah. That's what's called when you leave the map, like the, the helicopter comes in, drops to the ground. You uh, got to like survive, okay. and extract. Yeah. Okay. So, but in addition to that, there are what's called this ether storm, which is this like radioactive zombie storm, which obviously much higher difficulty, which shows up at random places in the map. And like, there's a boss in there. And that's something that like, I haven't been able to, to complete yet. So like me and the guys are like playing like, all right, next time we get on, what's our goal? We're going to get all of our most powerful weapons. We're going to find that storm and try to go to it and, you know, try to do that. But in addition to that, there's also like extra bosses that you can get like additional sigils to that can take you to like a special zone. So like there's, there's much more to this than I even imagined, which makes me much more excited to, to do it. Um, so I love that. love him playing that. And then there's actually... Still in that, still Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. Um, there's a new mode called Souped Up, which is a collaboration with The Boys. If you ever watched that show on Amazon Prime, the freaking crazy superhero show, The Boys, love it. Um, they actually have a mode there where they take your normal kill confirmed mode where you it's PvP. You take down the enemies, but you have to go grab their tags before you get the confirmed kill. And in this mode instead, they drop Temp V the uh the stuff from the boys which gives the people their superpowers so you have to like get enough of those and then you get to pick certain superpowers from the boys to use against your enemies so it like is a very fun twist on like kill confirmed and kill confirmed is one of my favorite modes in call of duty 3 anyway so like having that twist with the little superhero power uh is a is a fun little thing so i i'm shocked man i went from thinking my whole plan was to push through sea of stars and do some more RPG type of things. But man, these shooters just got me. I'm in it. Like I'm I'm, I'm ready to go. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Like it's I, I use it's usually like with Halo, it was kind of just my my decompressed time. Like let me come home, 
I've already worked out early in the day. I'm just getting off work. Let me just decompress, play a couple quick PvP matches. But man, I'm like fully invested reading reading guides, like trying to figure out how to get what the best ways to go about things are. It's yeah, never thought I'd be that sucked into Googling Clash of Clans map. <laughs> Shit on the internet. Why am I uh, doing this? What the fuck is the matter with me? They why got me, even, Josh. They why do I even me. kind of care what the optimal thing for this is? <laughs> exactly. exactly. I'm like, wait a minute. You can get that? Wait, there's extra bosses? So now, like, it was funny the other day we were playing, and the guys I play with, they're, they all live in Ohio. So, you know, there's a, a limited window, which being parents and stuff that we have that we can get together. And they were the first person to introduce me to this mode over the holidays. So the first time we played it, I'm like lost, just running around shooting stuff. Didn't know we had to exfil at a certain time. I'm, you know, lost in the sauce. And, you know, after I've done a lot, played a lot, and done a lot on my own, we were playing like a couple weeks ago. And one of the guys was just like, oh, man, Jay just plays different now. Look at him. He just like, because I was like leading the map, like, all right, we're going here. We're going there. We're grabbing this weapon. Let's do that. And they're like holy shit, we got, like, all kind of cool stuff now. I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm committed. Let's go. Let's ride. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, Word. those are my games. Okay. Those are my games. What okay. about you, good sir? Okay, I am similarly uh, held hostage by one particular game and not mm. much else. Uh, Asgard's Wrath 2 is it's all I do. Wow. And, like, I'll, like... I don't know. I don't know how to like. I I I will like think about gaming, and I'll be like, I should fucking do something else. And then I pick the headset up, and I'm like, uh, you know, I I like walk over to my play area, and I put them. I like put the menu in front of me, and like, it's just like automatic. I just open Asgard's too. I don't like. I, there's no. It's autonomous. So yeah, I mean, you know, I fucking it's. I explained last. It is just beyond massive. It's I got the second hero character now, which I already I talked about this last time too, but the game loop of this game is just oh my god, they just something they have just dug into and I'm you know, I'm sure it's specific to me to some degree, but clearly it's a widespread played game too, so it's not just me. But for whatever the fuck gets me going in an open world game this has just dug into the dna of and just is just hooked uh perfectly like the game loop of like unlock a thing have to go back and do a bunch of fucking shit with that new thing whether it be a companion character or a hero character or a new resource that you found that unlocks a whole new armor and weapon set or this whatever just like the never ending list to do list population thing is just fucking crack for me so i <laughs> it's so fucking good and i just there's always like every time i fire it up you know you have your outstanding thing story like primary quest focused thing and i'm always when i first i i can't ever get to it i'm always like there's always like well because like the way some of the resource gathering shit works like I told you about that big battle with that Deathstalker Scorpion thing. Like, that thing only populates... It's kind of... It's actually... It should be a negative, really, that it works this way. That, like, every time you restart the game, that thing has respawned in its spot. So, like, every time... Oh. If I'm trying to collect the shit off that, every time I start, I'm like, well, I'm going to go do that. <laughs> you know, I go, because it's it's repopulated and, like, 
while I'm playing. It won't be again, I don't think, anyways. I don't know how to redo that. And then, same thing for some of the these mineral veins where you get a lot of the the one of the like the the, the core metals that are a building block for a lot of the crafting trees. They will respawn while you're playing, but I don't know what the math is to it. So generally speaking, the first thing I want to do when I fire up is go hit all those mineral veins. For right now, iron is the particular metal that is the highest level for crafting that I can get. So I'll go around, I'll you know, and I've, of course, internalized where all where a nice number of those mineral veins are. So the first thing I do is go hit all those mineral veins too and stack that stuff up so I have as much as I can get for this play. And then go back to, then I got to go back to the home base and do any crafting I can do and like really get an idea for what else I need. And like, do I want to, I think I told you this too, I, they have, and this is an incredible quality of life improvement that you can do this where at the shop now, you can, when you're crafting, if you need, if you don't have enough of something and it is within one step of crafting for you to get that un, that missing item, mm-hmm. it, you can auto craft it as you craft this particular thing. So like if I need, but it's more expensive, you have to buy those materials, of course. So like basically it can be easier to craft something but it's way more expensive than finding those smaller building blocks that are just everywhere out in the out in the world that you just get from playing the game you know what i mean these like linen scraps and you know shit like that so so if you don't want to do that and you have a lot of money or you're just right. lazy you could just be like all right i'll just pay right for 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 the lower level parts of the crafting stews that you need to make but yeah it's way more expensive and basically you're going to reduce like it's if if you just wait, that shit will come to you, and I have no patience. So like I'm like in this I'm torn between this thing of like ex- the the exhausting my immediate gratification opportunities, or exhausting my long term gratification opportunities for short term immediate gratification. You know what I mean? And like that ultimately slows me down, really. But. It feels good in the moment. So, like, I'm constantly, like, that little economy is constantly going in my head. Like, do I need this right now? I'm doing fine with these. And, like, on top, like, that's the crafting thing. The skill trees are just fucking wild. Each, you know, they're just crazy. And there's you're never going to get enough skill points to every single companion has their entire own skill tree. Obviously, your heroes do, too. And each hero has three weapons. And, like, each weapon has its own skill tree. So, it's just... You're just never going to be able to get it all. So, you know, you're like, and there's so much shit in those skill trees that I don't even understand. So, like, I'll look at it and be like, I don't know what that is. And I don't want to waste skill points because I'm not, I don't have enough to get everything. I don't want to waste skill points on something I don't understand. So, I'll hold off on that particular thing. And then I'll be out battling and then I'll realize something. Like, the second hero character has this harp as a ranged weapon. And it's fucking awesome, dude. It, like, it... Obviously, it's a ranged weapon and it fires things, but it is a big part of your puzzle-solving mechanic, too. And there's all this stuff it can do. There's You have these little... Like, they're all creatures for this character. She's like a... I don't know, a swamp goddess type or swamp worshiper or something like that. And she has, like... Her sword is a snake that she, that she can make rigid on command. 
and it also has like uh, a tongue thing to grab things with, and you can throw it too. You can throw all the weapons. Uh, and she has this like thing that is, is comes off her back. That's like it looks like a little squid or something, but you can throw it down, and it acts as like an autonomous beacon that battles with you. So it like fires shit off, and you can advance its capabilities where you can shoot it at times and blow it up and cause damage. It's just like a it's it's like having a fucking uh, a ballista. Or, or uh, one of the Endemia, one of the fucking, you know. Uh, nice. Oh, just, yeah, the repeater. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just, just a gun that's like firing shit and helping you out, you know. Um, and, and there's a bunch of strategic shit you can do with that. And then she has the harp, which is like, again, she pulled it out and you can do this. But, you, but it also has, you, you, there's this creature that comes out of these water things that you, and it's in like a water bubble. And you can use the harp from anywhere as long as you can see that thing. You can do the harp and pull it towards you or push it away. So you can basically move this thing around remotely to unlock these little fucking all sorts of things that are puzzle mechanics in rooms and stuff. So really cool mechanic there. And there's just so much you can do with it. And then there's this... You find these things on the ground where you can use the harp and you have to play a song, like an, it's an, either up or stroking up or down, and it's like notes, you know what I mean? And that will unlock things too. So there's just so much cool shit you can do with the, the, the things. It's just, yeah, so much hmm. fucking, so much, just <laughs> so much. And like, yeah, you just don't know what it all is. So when you're going back to those skill trees, like there was one that was talking about these orbs or something, like the orbs respawn faster. And that's one of the fucked things about, it's obviously safer to use a ranged weapon. You know, and that's appealing to me. Uh, but it has like a speed governor on it. You know what I mean? You can't just, right. you know, you got to like wait for it to repopulate. And I thought that was just how it worked to whatever. And like, and then I'm in the thing, the skill tree thing. And I see this shit about some orbs and I'm like with your harp. And I'm like, I don't even know what those are. I'm not fucking with that. And then I'm out playing the game and I notice as I'm playing, it's an orb. I notice the orbs on the harp, on the harp strings, and after I fire it, they go away, and then slowly they reappear. And I'm like, oh shit, that's the fucking fire rate skill. I've been ignoring how fast I can fire my ranged weapon because I didn't understand. So just, there's always more discovery. There's always more shit to learn. There's always a new mechanic. You know, one of those, I didn't, I, I was walking around this world that this hero character's designed for, for so long not knowing how to interact with one particular thing that that little water bubble creature can fuck with. It's like these flower-looking things that it can go into the top of and open up. And, like, I'd seen those everywhere, and I was just like, I'm, you know, I'm whacking it with swords. I'm like, and, like, if you don't want to look shit up and you want to play it straight and, like, feel that discovery, there's so much of opportunity for that in that game where, you know, you will have to, like, by necessity, truly problem-solve and, like, learn. And the thing about <clears throat> VR, it's so... You, you physically have to do something, you know what I mean? It's so different in the puzzle-solving realm because you have to physically figure something out and physically do it. And, like, your trial and error process is not just hitting some buttons and, like, try to get the right button sequence. You got to, like, do it, man. And it's just so fucking... It's crazy. It's so fucking good. Uh, so, yeah, I, I just can't stop playing it. It's so fucking good. And it's, like, you know, it's fucking an open-world virtual VR game, so it's tiring, man. And, like... I can't yeah, believe how like <laughs> I can't believe I'll, like I'll be playing and I'll be like fuck man I, I I got to put this down I'm physically exhausted it's late 
but I don't want to do that. <laughs> you know, and it's like, it's so fucking, I don't know, man. It's just uh, something else. It's something else is a game. And I cannot, one, I'm going to be so sad when it goes, when it leaves my life, when I finish it. And two, <laughs> God, I hope they have something in the, in the hopper that is in this wheelhouse. I'm sure with the success of this and the response to it, the critical response to it, there is or already was. But I hope that gets the fuck out because I need, I will need it when this goes away for sure. <laughs> so I've been playing a lot of that. And then I did, I, we got cooking again on a little bit of Baldur's Gate 3. Have you, have you tried it at all yet? No, I, no. yeah, not yet. So we had been, I told you, Courtney got it for me for, uh, for Christmas right. or just after Christmas. Um, we're going to play it together, but she was waiting for the whole save issue to get fixed. Okay. And it that hasn't like, rectified yet. Well, it sounds like, I think it should be fixed like now I'll have to check back. Okay. Uh, I mean, I would think that would be something they would be all over. That's, oh yeah, for that's, sure. That's the, and honestly, annoyingly, they are releasing hot fixes like constantly yeah. and like, you know, every other between was so we're playing on Steam, and I don't know what your familiarity with Steam is, but fucking Steam sucks. It every time you <laughs> every time you open it up, it's got to re, it's got to update every fucking like the app does on your laptop every fucking time. It's got an update. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And it's not updating anything that's helpful for you. It's updating sale <laughs> bullshit and like bunch of dumb shit that you don't have any interest in. So yeah, super annoying. Just the launch app for it, the launcher for it. But yeah, they also are hotfixing. They're on like patch, I don't know, fucking 20 or something I saw. <laughs> hotfix patch. Uh, last one that came out the other day. And, you know, those take a substantial period of time. So all too often when we go to play it, we're like, fuck, both of us mm. got to fucking update this thing. And, you know, it's funny. It's not always the same amount. Sometimes hers is faster. Sometimes mine's faster. Like there's no, there's no fucking rhyme or reason for that, I don't think. <laughs> but it's annoying, obviously, to have that happen so frequently. So... That's annoying, but it does suggest that they are all over fixing bugs and updates oh, yeah. and blah, blah, blah. So, Yeah, I need to check back now because I think we we should be just about ready to play if I remember. Because they definitely put out a statement, I recall, thinking like, okay, around my birthday time we'll be able to play. So, Okay, word. Yeah, so we got, we got cooking on that again. I think we're almost to the city of Baldur's Gate, which... I don't think it's spoilery to say it. uh, it's seemingly acting as... I expect it to be like the full third act. So we're kind mm-hmm. of, I think wrapping up the set we got to this battle that we like are just getting fucking wrecked in and we don't have any clue how to actually do it uh and there's we're like out of there's nowhere else to grind we've like exhausted everything there's nowhere else no one left to fight to get our level <laughs> higher so i don't know what the fuck we're gonna have to figure some strategies out we're gonna have to do some real put our heads together and really fucking find find an edge of some kind against uh this these fuckers but playing it again here and there, and then Power Wash Simulator on occasion will do when uh, Asgard's too much, I guess. Or I should say, that's that's when we're co-oping, so yeah. Asgard's not even a factor. So I would say maybe when Baldur's Gate, maybe either when it's updating, <laughs> or, or we're just, it's the idea of yeah. uh, looking at that quest log is like, fuck, can't do it tonight. So still playing that. I'm almost, I'm super close to 100%ing the career mode. So I started looking at the Discord to find out when the DLC shit is going to drop for VR and it doesn't, people are talking about it and certainly asking for it, but they don't have any announcement yet. So that's kind of uh disgruntling to hear, but it is, if people are asking for it, you have to assume that they view it as money on the table. So 
has to yeah. be something they're at least thinking about. Uh, but there's no announcement for that yet, so that's a bummer. And the only, uh, another, on Thursday, another walkabout course dropped, dude. The last in the Jules Verne series, Around the World in 80 Days this uh, time. Oh, okay, okay. I haven't even downloaded Meow Whoop yet. I was totally, I totally lied. Wow. I didn't download it last time. Or I didn't buy it. Like I said, it, it, it downloads. It's on your hard drive, or it's on your hard drive if you have the app. You just have to unlock it with paying the money. Uh, but yeah, I am a bad boy. I feel very bad about just it. getting pushed to the back. Yeah. And, and once you, the kind of thing too, once you get a backlog, it becomes even harder. You know, then you have like multiple things. You're like, well, I don't have time to do both. <laughs> so that's how you get, that's how you really get behind. <laughs> oh yeah i know how that goes my backlog i don't even want to talk about it i don't talk about it. that is the mega man 3 title theme did I need to tell you, or did I dun, not? Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> January 91, 350 US dollars, 450 Canadian dollars cover price. And yes, Mega Man 3 is the esteemed cover feature. Test your metal on a new Mega mission. And the artwork is Mega and a very derpy-looking Rush, the sidekick dog, making his debut <laughs> in the game real big in the foreground. And we have orange skies over a grassy prairie that harks back to the gorgeous closing artwork. And the in-game sequence of Mega Man 2, if you can recall that as clearly as I can, that, you know, grassy field there. In the distance is Dr. Wily's castle, and Wily himself is in his personal flying vehicle they featured back on the Mega Man 2 issue cover feature. That was issue number 7. And the headlines read, a don't-miss banner hanging uh, above the bullet point. Monster features, Deja Vu, Deja Vu, The Immortal, and more. And also, plus poster, Bart Simpson versus the Space Mutants. So, kind of a, a rather abridged um, bullet point here on the cover in what is now uh, a monthly deal here. So, uh, there's a lot of, like, they've rejiggered a lot of stuff, you know. So Oh, yeah. Well, we'll um, see. More changes inside as well. I like it. Right. This, this becomes, like, the new go-forward format. That we would see and know and love personally. Yes. Yeah, it is, uh, it's, it's made a pretty tectonic shift, I think. So as I mentioned in the closing of the last step, this issue was my last on the one-year subscription I had as a hat of the mag as a kid. And it has a, it has a special place in my nostalgia filing cabinet uh, in a similar way as that very first Super Mario Bros. 3 one did. Uh, I have a, a half-assed childhood memory that actually getting my hands on this issue was... A, a, like a huge to-do. So, I've mentioned before that when my parents got divorced and I went home with my mom, we stayed in a makeshift joint bedroom we made in the attic of a friend of her boyfriend's house, right? That's the house I was talking about having my first TMNT experience in. Uh, the training card memories and shit when we were talking about that for the TMNT episode. So, that boyfriend of hers' parents lived right next door to this dude. So, I'm guessing it was probably like a childhood friend of his or something. But... For whatever reason, we had our mail forwarded to his parents' house, his mom's house there next door. So I remember having to go over to her place to get my Nintendo Power issues a number of times after after we moved over there to Grafton. And this was late summer of 1990, by my estimation, thinking about the weather situation I recall from my memories at the time, like being in that house and stuff. It was definitely warm out. And we'd move into a house 
of our own by the time school started in September of that year. So September 1990, right? So I started my fourth grade year in Grafton in this new house that we had just moved to. And then my mom would die later that year, either really, I'm thinking like really late December or really early January. I can't, it was Christmas break-ish, I'm I'm pretty sure. And I was 100% back at my dad's for Super Bowl 25 because I viscerally remember watching Scott Norwood's last second field goal sail wide right in my bedroom at his house in January, right? So that's kind of the timeline this is all happening in. So that means that I am back living with my dad in Oberlin, and I have a vague childhood recollection of it being a whole fucking thing for my dad to take me over to his recently deceased ex-wife's boyfriend's parents' house for me to get my last issue of Nintendo Power. I remember... Having to go do that, right? And, yeah, the complication of that scenario requires no explanation, I'm sure. But, I, th- you know, I think about it, and I was probably so annoying about it, too. <laughs> like, I was probably, I was, like, probably trying to make him do something he had zero interest in doing at the time. And, you know, I don't give him much credit as a father. But that's one I should probably mark in the win column for him. Because we did go and get that fucker. Priorities, man. Priorities. Yeah, and, like, you know, like, he could have even just found a way to replace the damn thing if he wanted to, like, you know, whatever. <laughs> like, I'm sure it paid him to the bottom of his soul to actually have to fucking go over there and do that. Yeah, to, though, trying to picture my dad trying to figure out, like, even really what a Nintendo Power was and finding a place to buy it, et cetera, et cetera, sounds like it might have been beyond his cognitive means. So maybe <laughs> maybe he didn't feel like he had an alternative other than... Like, like where is it? Ugh. What is it again? Yeah. yeah. Fuck it. Let's just go. Uh, Get in the car. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, so that was a whole, a whole deal. I remember like I, it's one of those things like maybe I'm fabricating this memory out of like, just like knowing it happened as opposed to like truly remembering the moment. I don't know. But like, I have this memory of being in that little Brown 86 T-Bird in their driveway and like him coming out and handing it to me. And I can, because the thing is, I remember the thing about, this issue that is particularly unique is because it was my last issue, Nintendo had wrapped the issue in this like construction paper texture outer cover that was like a please resubscribe advertisement. So yeah, so like, and I remember it ripped off, it had like a perforated line at the binding so you could rip it off and it, it still had the thing on the edge. Right. And that's the interesting thing too. And I think that, and this is crazy that I can remember this is, I don't know, man, but I'm pretty sure this was the first issue that it was bound differently. Like the issues prior to this were like a staple in the middle. Staple? like yeah. Right. And this was like bound in like a glued, like a real tightly packed glued thing. They got professional with it. Yeah. Right. Right, right. So the binding, like the construction paper wrap didn't come off the binding. It just came off like the cover. You know what I mean? So you could see the cover normally, but it still had the shit on the edge. So that is an interesting thing, you know? So yeah, it kind of fucked up your issue. (laughs) You know, if you're like a, like I know I understand maybe collecting this magazine wouldn't have been an idea at the time, but I bet there is a... I should. I can't believe I didn't think to look that up on eBay. There is probably a subset of 
collection opportunity for Nintendo Powers, at least in this phase of time, where you can get every one of the issues with an intact resubscribe outer cover. You know what I mean? That's probably a billion-dollar collecting endeavor, but uh, (laughs) the possibility does exist. Uh, so yeah, so that's so I, I remember that ever so ever so wow. viscerally is having that hand to me and being like, what the fuck is on the cover here? <laughs> you know, uh, and I, yeah, I did eventually tear mine off. I remember for whatever reason, uh, certainly not to resubscribe. I'm sh- it, I think it had like a card, you know, a, a postcard on it to mail in. Um, but yeah, I did not Naturally. resubscribe. So yeah, so you know, obviously a, a, a pretty big uh, memory in my mind. This this issue, to say the least. So moving inside, said Mag, we get the very 90s neon Team Power Pin Mag subscribe ad before starting shit off with a new feature called Powerline, accompanying uh, the masthead. And this is going ahead of even the TOC. So they're re- again, I'm talking about the rejiggering, this is, they're really trying to hit us in the mouth with this. And it starts off with the official in-mag confirmation. You are now holding a monthly rag, closing the thought out with settle in and buckle up. This issue is packed with surprises. <laughs> And then it's all bullet points with short blurbs highlighting the things they're most excited about, or at least want you to be most excited about, as far as what's in the issue here. And the interesting thing about this is it's across the staples from a now-condensed TOC design that only takes up one single page, where it previously had been a two-page spread for the table of contents. And, you know, the actual design, it's like very much the same look. It's just less negative space. And yeah. of course, fewer screenshots. This which... is this is the look I remember. Like really? this is the first thing that immediately caught my attention when I was looking through this. I was like, "Oh, this is the table of contents I remember." Like big colors for different sections. The Game Boy sections one color. The feature sections another color. You know, special ports is different. Like I, I like it. Like it immediately just jumped out and brought me back. Like yes, I remember this. See, I it's I don't think it, to me it's not an upgrade. Because I think mm, they don't show the poster here anymore. Like they're, the previously, they would have like a little box that would have the poster, uh, both the front of what it is and the what the map on the back is, and which is a real drag for me in particular as a podcaster in 2024. Because now <laughs> I like try, I try to find the exact posters featured in a particular issue, and that becomes much more difficult now. Basically, so you know, I was able to nail down the Bart Simpson versus the Space Mutants poster. Luckily, uh, via Googling around, but it was certainly more work and not nearly as easy as it had been previously. They would have a picture of it there, you know. Uh, well, well, let me tell you something, Josh. Young Jerry, who is going to the library or the gas station or wherever I'm at before I'm able to like see these regularly, loves this format because the colors and the different sizes allow me to able to more quickly scan and see <laughs> what this issue has what pages I need to turn to for the limited amount of time I'm at the okay. library and or whether or not I even need to continue looking at that issue, you know? Okay. So I'm just like, boom. All right. Mega Man three. All right. Page eight. Boom. Let me go. Yeah. No, I, you know, I 100% get it from a <laughs> business perspective for one. I mean, it's one page less wasted on dumb shit, you know, that, uh, and it probably, yes, is more concise and communicates the information on it more, more, more quickly, but just from a, Kind of like I said, the, the TOCs I think are one of the most beautiful things about the magazine. Uh, they always have been. So to me, it is a reduction of a beautiful piece of art uh, on a monthly basis. And to me, the artist in me does not uh, prefer that. But I get it. 
So yeah, I was able to nail down the, the, I actually found it in a subreddit that I didn't even know existed, and I can't believe that were the case, but there is a subreddit called Retro Gaming Magazines, Jay. (laughs) (laughs) Need to be posting in there more frequently with this podcast fucking uh, subreddit account, but uh, the link to that is in the show notes if you want to check it out. It's a very well-frequented, almost 10K game masters are subscribed to it, and yeah, I love that. That's one of my favorite things about Reddit is that it lets you, as the subreddit moderator, Put whatever text you want next to your sub subscriber count. You know what I mean? So you can call the people that frequent your sub whatever you want. Um, I, am I spacing? I don't think I've done that for ours. <laughs> I've added little flare things and stuff that are pretty fun. Like whether the, you can tag whether an, uh, a post relates to either Nintendo or Sega. And then either a main quest or a side quest. Uh, I guess I should add the other quest op- options too. But... Yeah, I don't think I've changed what the subscriber's name is. Anyways, that's fun. The poster is dope. Bart featured with a badass skateboard deck in one hand, spray paint in the other, and wearing his x-ray glasses pushed up on his fard. And then there are aliens coming out of flying saucers in the background, the whole family looking up at it all in a whore, or all in whore from down below. And on the back is a continuation of the Deja Vu map and feature that we will talk about here later in the mag. Player's Pulse is next, and it still remains unscathed. It does a two-page kickoff with the mailbox, and it is it is fielding a themed letter pile, and that theme is globe-trotting Game Boy players. And the first letter is a pretty heavy hitter. It is uh-huh. Steve Wozniak of Apple Computers fame, and he leads this shit off uh, in the dawn of the monthly Nintendo Power era. He's bragging via double entendre, no less, about... Not only his first 400k plus point 200 line Tetris score, but also the fact that he achieved those great heights on his Game Boy while flying in a Concorde jet on a transatlantic flight between London and New York at around 53,000 feet. And this is accompanied yeah, by a picture of him holding his Game Boy on what I assume is the plane. And he also mentions that he had a score higher uh, or he has, he's had higher score accomplishments that he logged while at more peasant tier heights above sea level, a <laughs> 507k bedpost notch back on July 26th. And they note that he topped the past November's, uh, no, the past November issues achievers feature. So I flip back to that and he is indeed the headliner there with that 507k number. So wow. he is... Probably a pretty avid reader of Nintendo Power, I would I would estimate, uh, that he's doing all this correspondence with them. Right. That is pretty cool. I was like, is that really him? And I was like, yeah, that's clearly him. Like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very cool. And then another one of note is Nick in Plano, Texas. Yeah, this is pretty fun. He's having gotten his Game Boy as a gift while traveling to Moscow with his parents. So he's there's a picture of him in front of that building that is the Tetris key art. With his family playing, or with his Game Boy, you know, which is, that's cool, of course. And then the next one is from a mom telling us her husband took their kid's Game Boy to Saudi Arabia when he was deployed to Operation Desert Shield. And I actually forgot reading that. I was like, Desert Shield? I thought it was Desert Storm. Yeah, I had forgotten there were two code names. Yeah, there were two, man. Yeah, for that whole deal. Shield and then the Kuwait invasion was Storm. So yeah, Shield was considered to be like the building up. Of forces in the region, and then the storm was the actual invasion uh, or defense of Kuwait uh, being invaded. 
So that's that's interesting. And then the last is from the Fratastic Theta Chi chapter at Eastern Michigan. And oh man, man, <laughs> despite <laughs> the weather, dudes, like right. <laughs> Despite the weather and girls being gorgeous on their South Padre Island spring break trip by their own admission, they claim to have stayed in their hotel room playing Game Boy, and that's wild. They've also <laughs> named Luigi an honorary brother of the fraternity and included a doodle of him holding a Theta Chi flag. Cool flex, bros. Cool flex. Yeah. Can I, can I try to picture... Try to picture one of us, some of us, in our hotel room at the Holiday Inn Sunspree in <laughs> Pamela and PCDC in Pamela Panama City. And I, just, yeah. I struggle to do it. <laughs> I'm like outside, <laughs> right? Yeah, I, yeah. Don't, I love Game Boy, but exactly. There's a time and a place. Video spotlight comes at us from Midway, Utah. One 17-year-old TC Christensen. Christensen. He calls himself Agent 2112. So I was assuming he'd had some classified info, info publishings was my first takeaway from that. But upon consulting the You've Got Bodies in the Basement spreadsheet I maintain of agent <laughs> numbers and associated games, I was reminded that CI agents are only three-digit numbers. So he's just – that's just some shit that he made up, and that's fun too. But uh, I was surprised that it, it didn't correlate with some actual shit that he'd submitted, you know. Maybe that's uh, I don't know. Maybe that's part of his his Nessa group. I don't know. Maybe they have an agent number as part of that group. That, he did make up a group. It so. makes sense. Yeah, that, that's that's for sure. Yeah. So yes, uh, TC is quite the techie. After leading off with the fact that he's the president of this club that you're mentioning here, it goes by Nessa. It's an acronym N E S A, and he never gets around to telling us what the A stands for at the end. By the by, but um, I'm guessing Nintendo Entertainment System something, right? Agents, uh, maybe. Maybe that's yeah, what there's. Maybe, yeah, there you go. We just, yeah, just worked it out. That makes yeah. There you go. We just worked <laughs> out. I'm glad. That's why we get on this podcast to uh, put our minds together and answer the tough questions. He explains how he's utilizing a number of forward-thinking multimedia means to further enjoy his Nintendo hardware, and he has come up with a handful of ways to amplify his Game Boy audio in the school lunchroom. Stereo speakers and a guitar amp, namely, and also videotapes his game recordings, or game endings, rather, perhaps making him the very first Twitch streamer in recorded history. He also taped his... This is great. I can't believe this is amazing to me. He also taped the cinema scenes throughout Ninja Gaiden and edited them into his own mashup he's titled Ninja Gaiden the Movie, which that's, I mean, fucking budding... What? Kudos on your filmmaking journey here, TC. Like, you're fucking... Uh, really flexing your your muscles here. Uh, that's great. I just love that. Basically, making fucking Nintendo hype videos. Uh, and yeah, he and his Nessa constituency have completed over 150 games together. They say, and the titles he's proud enough to list here are Dragon Warrior, Final Fantasy, Shadowgate, Snake's Revenge, Ninja Gaiden, The Guardian Legend, Legend, and Ultima. And needless to say, I bet TC is a huge fan of our side quest series because that is. Uh, right in that wheelhouse there. Lots so. of fire. Yep. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, so this is all fucking great. And his closing statement is one last banger for you to go home with. It reads, a tip for Final Fantasy. Some weapons and armor have magical powers. Be sure to take advantage of them. And he admirably and properly uses a semicolon in that, too, to really tie a bow on this epic coming out party for TC. So, yes. Yeah, a lot of times, these spotlights are like... 
I don't know. They fucking kind of rub us the wrong way. They're like usually a little too boastful or whatever. Yeah. This guy, this guy has a body of work related to the Nintendo that is worth highlighting, and I think it's presented in a non-fucking dickhead way. Like it's, I think it's one of the. I think it might be my favorite video spotlight. Basically, <laughs> I do appreciate that he also said I love video games, but it doesn't take over my life. You know, and he talked about other things that like I'm like that's actually. I wish I could get my kids to to realize that right now. <laughs> but yeah, good good stuff. Otherwise, uh, yeah, TC is a role model. Maybe maybe share this with him. All right, maybe I can get my kids to become agents in, in yeah. NASA. Start yeah. Is it still around? They, is it still because around? Did, I didn't Google that. Maybe they are. Maybe we should enlist. Maybe I could stop fucking compulsively playing Asgard's Wrath too if I join this. <laughs> and then boom, we are knee deep in a twenty banger on Capcom's Mega Man Three. Wow, Gale, yeah. Wow, wow is right. Wow. <laughs> wow is right. Gale and Howie are not fucking around with this move to monthly. And on that note, they've also made a major and cool addition to the game feature format right here at the top, the Game Pack Data Box. And it is a oh. box, a little black and white one with a bunch of information. Absolutely love this. Has the title, the manufacturer, the memory hardware specs, and then the power meter numbers for the game. What's listed here for Mega Man 3 is 2 megabits of program memory, 1 megabit of character memory, the MMC3 chip is on the pack, and the work RAM box in this is empty in this case. These particulars will be explained in a huge game pack tech feature that follows this, and that is a stroke of masterful mag layout and editorial design, I think, that they oh, yeah. put it here in front of you, pique your curiosity, and then properly and thoroughly explain what the fuck it means immediately following. Like, that's a very good oh, yeah. uh, choice, I think. As opposed to, if they'd have put that first... A lot of kids have been like, meh. <laughs> you know, it just fucking went, it moved right on. But because you're like, look at this on this game, no less, uh, this, this banger of a game, you're like, what the fuck does that all mean? I need to know. And then you're uh, informed. So great. Yep. And Makes the sense. power meter is a 4.5 in graphics and sound, 4.2 on play control, 4.2 on challenge, and, and lasting interest, and then a 4.0 in theme and fun. And that is an 84.5% cum. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. And then they start digging into the game itself. The This first page has a story table setup blurb, and I figured you should probably read this since you have established yourself as the bearer of the torch for this franchise between you and I. Sure. With a blast of blue energy and a bundle of new gadgets, the mighty mechanical hero, Mega Man, has burst into the scene once again. Diabolical Dr. Wily appears to have joined forces with Mega Man's creator, Dr. Light. He has proposed to build, of all things, a giant peacekeeping robot. Elements from eight worlds are needed to complete the invention, and it's Mega Man's job to see that those worlds are conquered. So that's interesting. You're like, I remember as a kid, like, what? Dr. Light and Dr. Wily together? What? What's yeah. happening? You Joining know? forces? I'm sure that'll go smooth as butter. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, I said the same thing. So they start with a couple of really cool illustrations of Mega and his new cohort, Rush, that act as technical specification diagrams, and kind of like schematic type deals. And the various sci-fi technical jargon is fun, but the most interesting thing on Mega's breakdown is his height, which I'd never really thought of. He's listed as 52 inches, which is 4 feet, 4 inches tall, and that's smaller than I would have thought if you were to press me on a guess, you know. His horsepower is cited as 1500, and to add context to that, my 2021 bitch-ass non-GT Mustang is capable of 310 horsepower. And oh. then 
do a little more looking up. The GT can do 460, and the Mach 1 is 480 if you want to pay a little extra for, I don't know, make a lot of noise on the street is the only real purpose it would have, uh, which I really don't have a desire to do. And the, so, yeah, Mega here is almost five bitch-ass Mustangs of, of horsepower. Uh, and then, like, and I, I like is that his movement speed or just the machination power of all his movement mechanics at any one time or what? I don't really have. It's It's got to be all of that. Like his, his, from his magnet joints, his hydraulic suppression, the pressure pump in his feet to be able to like spring things. and jump and run. You know what I mean? Run okay. and slide and all that. It's got to be the combination of that. Okay. Well, you saying that I think puts you in the same place I was at, which is I don't really have any idea what horsepower means. <laughs> Not at all. Right. Not at all. On, the, on all the commercials, I always took it to being like, okay, if back in the day we had rode horses, it would take 12 of these horses to, you know what I mean? That's all like. That's of kind of car, the idea. That's and that's thought. kind of what, yeah, that's kind of what everyone uh, thinks, I think, you know. <laughs> uh, but that is not by any length the technical breakdown of it. So I looked it up. Horsepower refers to the power an engine produces. Yes, of course, that's what we're saying. But the actual calculation of it is through the power needed to move 550 pounds. I don't know. That seems like a very arbitrary number. Maybe that's what a fucking, I don't know, a wagon with a particular thing in it weighed back in fucking 18 or 7, <laughs> 14, whatever it would have been. Who the hell knows? I don't know. But 550 is the, the number they chose. And what it probably is actually is pounds. Well, I don't know. Maybe not because that is probably the older one as a metric is new or so i was going to say maybe that equates to something much more specific and metric that would be a more round number i don't know but whatever the case it's 550 pounds to move that weight in one foot in one second is basically what a horsepower is so the power needs to move 33,000s 33,000 pounds one foot in one minute if you want to do a, a more a larger conversion so, yeah, the power is gauged by the rate it takes to do that work, which I hear all that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, just, <laughs> that's an, that's an I exactly. No, I still have no right, yeah, frame of reference. 550 pounds. <laughs> I don't know how much is 550 pounds. Like I bench uh, right? on, a, yeah, on a good day. I'm benching 225 a few times maybe like um that's half of that uh <laughs> less than half I on my am. on my best i was able to squat 500 pounds like at my yeah, best yeah. but that's yeah, still and, not yeah, quite yeah it. yeah I, i'm on a benching i'm not really moving it anywhere <laughs> it's just pushing it up like is it is it going a foot like i guess you're moving it a foot <laughs> <laughs> but is that kind of is, is it yeah that, it didn't specify whether it's a foot a fully against gravity or a foot Ooh. parallel to gravity I don't, it, I don't know yeah so oh, then you got do you got friction i don't know that complicates yeah <laughs> I, we're gonna need einstein to come here to fucking crack this nut i think uh but I, I guess we all have a little bit better of an understanding now and that's all we can do is try jay uh to to grow uh, intellectually rush is of course a robot dog and they go into the three forms of his that can be unlocked in the game we have standard dog shit a submarine vehicle for underwater sections and then a jet to fly over things and the standard dog can fire mega into the air up to four times his normal jump height it says yeah so like a dog trampoline both Mega and Rush have solar panels, so they are considerately designed by Dr. Light with their carbon footprints in mind. I commend you for that, Dr. Light. 
Next page breaks into Mega's Mechanics, the robot boss weapons you can acquire, and a breakdown of the in-stage pickups throughout the game. Maybe most chiefly controversial is Mega in Mega Man games, rather, is the order one tackles the stages and robot masters, and the Nintendo Power team provides their recommendation here, no cap. It reads, Magnet, Hard, Top, Shadow, Spark, Snake, Gemini, Needle. And I have literally zero opinion on the matter. I haven't played this game nearly enough to have my own patterned uh, deal. But if this sends you into an emotional tailspin, Jay, by all means, please do plant your flag on where they are errant here before we move forward. Man, I... I'm okay with this. <laughs> it, it, is not, it does not throw me in a tailspin. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's totally fine. Okay. It, okay, word. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's, you know, there are multiple ways you could go about it. Right. And, so, and that's the beauty of these games, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, but, yeah, I, I imagine most seasoned players have definitely a track that they prefer, you know. Oh, yeah. You're like, I, I got to have the... I gotta have the one that's gonna nuke the freaking boss at the end in two hits, right? Like, but yeah, the, it's it, it's that's why these games are so good, though, is because they have a distinct effect on how you might play a stage, too. You know, now it's, of course, boss oh, is sure. the the chief utility. Uh, each one is gonna have a stronger effect on a particular boss, and that's huge for navigating this game. But there, you know, there are little nuances, and and the nuances of a stage, the things that bother one player don't bother another, and yada yada yada. So there's just, there's just so much custom customized opportunity for for your track to this deal and and that's really great about these fucking things they then dedicate a full page to each stage and its robot overseer battle maps tips puns etc before getting into the dock robot stages and it's kind of a bummer man that they i i all i credit this magazine so frequently with not doing this but they spoil dr wiley's turn man that you were I I agree. Like I first of all, just to put it out there, Metal Man, you gotta get you gotta go Metal Man first. I, I just gotta put it out there because having that metal blade, OP. Um, <laughs> but I agree. When I I was so excited reading through this feature because it's such a big feature, and I feel like I definitely had this issue or saw this read through this issue, and I was like, oh, look, so much Megan was great. But once I got to Doc Robot, you're right. Once I got to Doc Robot, I was like, oh, they're laying those out too i I was kind of surprised at that i was i was a bit bummed at that as well yep uh and also and they they spoil that turn and they also spoil that you're gonna end up battling all the robot masters from Mega Man 2 also and like you know yeah that's that both those things the turn you know most could see uh i'm sure (laughs) as we joked about when we were reading this the, (laughs) the setup but the battling the the Mega Man 2 bosses like that's fucking awesome but that should be an awesome discovery too, I think, and yeah. not something spoiled here in the mag. I hate, I hate, 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 hate. For real, I, I definitely, I'm pretty sure I played this before ever seen this mag. I can't confirm that, but because I feel like that was a surprise. Like, oh, that's amazing. So seeing yeah. that here is like, why would you, why would you do that? I don't know if you're. I just don't know. Maybe they just didn't want that to be. Maybe they thought that would boost sales because two was such a big. Sure deal i don't know man. probably that's probably a decent explanation also they probably like their whole deal i mean howie you know uh not to spoil howie's letter at the end of the magazine here <laughs> early but you know they were very excited about what it's it's a a noted thing that they are scaling back the number of features and 
increasing the scope of them. So, like you know, you said this is a 20-page epic. It's got to be the biggest one we've seen. Uh, so, 20 pages on a one NES games, a lot of pages. <laughs> it makes so, sense. yeah, how do you? Uh, there's not a lot you probably can leave out if you're going to make 20 pages on a game. So. You know, that was probably an impetus as well. Just the the need to make content if they're going to really call these things bigger and badder. Fair enough. It does close out with a properly vague teasing of Wily's castle, complete with dope illustration of Mega approaching said castle. So they at least leave the end of the game off the table beyond some very vague tips. So they don't spoil everything, but I think they should have left those off too. The aforementioned Game Pack memory feature now, titled Why Your Game Packs Never Forget, covering all you need to know about ROMs, RAM, MMCs, and more. There are flowcharts in here of the data exchange between Game Pack ROM and the Control Dex processing unit, and I really like these, as you might imagine. <laughs> Attention then turns to explaining bank switching and the advantages of it, and I've always wondered what in the hell that was so this was pretty enlightening like i've heard that you've seen that term a bunch of times when like just casually talking about video game technology ram bullshit and i've never you know surprising because i have an interest in that to some degree but i've never taken the time to look it up so this was truly informative in that regard and then mmc chips are a critical part of that actually which most simply can be explained as simply small and cheaper chips that tell the game programs where shit is located in faster and more efficient ways so they're kind of just like Assistant. They're kind of like having an assistant, basically, for the the main the main ROM. Yeah. They then do a breakdown of what NMC chips are used in what notable games, and I think this really helps us understand the evolution of these chips and what it allowed games to become. And that was really cool too, to kind of like they put it in practice and show you like what it means to a game's advancements. So the MMC ones first appeared in Legend of Zelda: Metroid and Kid Icarus, basically the first epic games on the system. So the big thing these allowed was being able to scroll both vertically and horizontally as opposed to just one or the other. And that's obviously integral to Legend of Zelda and Metroid working as concepts, you know, being able to move Metroid, you know, your side scrolling, but you move, it has all these, this verticality to it that you didn't used to have uh, or didn't have in the games prior to that. And Legend of Zelda, of course, is that top down deal. So you have to be able to do it to even for that map to even function. So big steps there. And then the MMC two was only ever used in one game. Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, allowing the huge boxer sprites and detailed facial animations. So thank you for your service, MMC2. <laughs> you are a fucking stalwart of, of my gaming world or gaming life. The MMC3 was in Super Mario Bros. 3 and NES, NES Play Action Football, allowing split-screen scrolling. So think the oh yeah the stationary HUD in Super Mario Bros. 3 versus all the shit going on in the gameplay above it. And then also being able to scroll at an angle so play action football's orientation you know the field uh, orientation i mean so mmc mm3 mmc3 was a big one yeah for big me. step as well so they skipped four which i think is interesting it's not explained why but the mmc5 is the next one they feature and castlevania 3 got this so they're this is pretty much like where they're at in the evolution at this time, January 91. And it allowed a quadrupling of the on-screen colors at any one time. Hence why that game is visually stunning for the system. And the screenshot they have for it is from a church stage. Where you can see the stained glass windows really showing off the color variation. Which was a good choice. They also mentioned that with this chip, you can turn the power off without holding the reset button. 
on games and not have to go into a full-on panic worrying if you lost your save. So that <laughs> is a big step too. And it doesn't explain why that is. I, I'm, you know, clearly like again, we explain what an MC5 is. It just helps it locate shit better. So I don't know. Maybe that. It just I don't know. I, I can't think of an exact like reason that that would make that would change that, but obviously it does. There's a tiny blurb about battery packs where they state that the battery life in these things is supposed to be about five years, and holy shit, did they undersell that? Because <laughs> 30 years later, I'm still rocking and rolling on some of my uh, cartridge batteries, so that's pretty cool. Compression explained with a Tetris analogy, then a ROM chip manufacturing kind of explanation, and a reminder that all the hardware stuff is fun and all, but what really matters is the game code on, this har- on the hardware, citing that Dr. Mario J is one of the lesser game packs from a hardware perspective, but that doesn't prevent it from turning gamers into crack addicts. Yeah. That is the Ninja Gaiden 2 Act 1 theme, bringing us into the uh, meat of the Nintendo Power 20 sandwich. And we start here with an 8-banger for the Immortal by Way of Electronic Arts, a November 90 release that continues EA's PC port craze of this era. Uh, We've seen so much of for uh, both systems, actually, the Genesis and the NES. And it's a real-time action-adventure RPG set in an isometric dungeon, and it looks and feels way ahead of the times uh, on the surface. I, I was going to say, I, I bet you love this. I bet you're, like, super well, into this. I bet. That's my prediction. I mean, you're super into it. You're like, oh, this game's there's so much here. Like, I, it's going to be great. I bet it's great. It's fantastic, Jay. What do you think? On the side, <laughs> what do you think? Uh, we, we could probably superimpose that same conversation I just had. We just had offline about the bills. Onto this conversation because, yes, on the surface, should be. The data box cites it's a 1 megabit by 2 megabit cart with an MMC3 chip. The power meter of QM, or the power meter rather, goes 4.3, 3.7, 4.2, 4.3 for an 82.5% QM. Yeah, very strong QM. The key artwork here depicts a robe adorned wizard in heated battle with a troll. And the wizard is more, I would say, glam rock guitarist than Solstice's WWF wrestler. Right, wizard. The artwork, <laughs> just the illustrated artwork in the mag. I mean, a, a he's Definitely. got a flowing mane of blonde, t- blonde dyed hair, with dark roots, huge hoop earring. You know, right. uh, yeah, very and different. A swashbuckly sword in his left hand. <laughs> right, right, right. They then have a breakdown of a few enemies you'll encounter and do battle with, as well as the many traps you'll come across as you trundle around in these dungeons. And that's what I remember most about my attempted plays of this in the past. Oh, uh, you which, played? Attempted this before. Uh, well, yeah. I, not, I didn't think I had the or got access to the NES one as a child, but I certainly, for you know, just as you pointed out, this game is like peak... Oh, Josh, check this out. <laughs> so, you know, uh, yeah, I certainly have tried to before. But the dungeons are just exhaustingly loaded with traps. And the NES cannot really manage the graphical fidelity required for it to feel good trying to deal with them, in my opinion. And honestly, 
as I've said before, even the Genesis port of this, even that is not, it just, it's not, there's too much shit going on and it's too shitty feeling with the traps and stuff to feel good, even on a 16-bit system. So as you can imagine, on an 8-bit system, it's worse. And oh, yeah, yeah, this sure. is just, oh, I don't know. They even So the if you look in the mag here, the special tip at the end of the traps breakdown there is telling you that you have to approach the ladders that go down. So to move through the levels of the dungeon, there's like these holes in the ground with the ladder on one side. And if you approach those pits on any of the three sides that the ladder's not on, on that shitty little tiny pixel depiction of a ladder you will just fall in the pit and die you know and like i don't know over punitive dumb shit like that is very much the vibe of this game and i've always felt that way about it and it's just not (laughs) satisfying uh yeah interesting okay yeah posting shit on the you know you, you fire it up and they show you like the opening demo if you want to call it that it's just <laughs> it's an interesting choice for a demo because it's just like a bunch of random imagery kind of from the game that maybe they think looks cool i guess but one of the things they show you at the end of that sequence is i'm guessing it's like the final dragon at the end because i think you're the whole goal of this is to get to a dragon i think so it might be the final boss and the fact they show you that in the fucking demo sequence is awful i think but in that the, you're like standing on this rock in front of the dragon and the dragon just opens his mouth and just fucking shoots fire out and just vapes your character <laughs> and you die. And it's like, I posted that on the socials because it's hysterical. Cause it like cut, it goes like it does that. And then it cuts to just like the immortal, uh, designer credits, you know, and it's just like, I don't know. It's such a succinct uh, communication of what this game is like, you know, <laughs> Uh, just like a no hope death whatsoever. Just you know ahead of time. This right. is what's going to happen to you. Right, yeah. Yeah, one of our disciples was like, yeah, it's the most ironically named video game in all of history. Like the <laughs> immortal, great. you know, because you're not immortal. <laughs> you're very, yeah. very much immortal. Yeah, any, yeah the, the, the diametrically opposed opposite of immortal in this game. I mean, I did die to the same hole probably five times in a row. And I was like, what is happening? I just yeah, walked around it. Like the first three, I just, I laughed the whole time. Cause I was like, this is funny that this has happened over and over. It, this is game. The game looks so weird to me to your point, but I could understand. I could see how some people could, could get into it. It looks like it could be good. Could be deep. I it is man. Yeah. The people that take the time, I think, yes. Cause it, once you understand all those mechanics and like, yeah, I, I watched this review. I found an, uh, a woman who did a review of this, this and Shadowgate actually. She did a video. Mm. the The theme of the video was these fantasy games where dying is the thing, you know. <laughs> and Shadowgate and Immortal were grouped together, and I think that's very fitting, uh, very much the case. Like that's part of the game loop. You're supposed to. I think it feels less bad in Shadowgate because of the that UI design of the game. It's like the step-by-step. You save. You just go back to the room. It's not real-time. You die with real-time fails in this. And that makes you feel like it's skill-based, even if it might not be. And I think that is where why this, to me, feels shittier than a Shadowgate, you know? So, yeah. So, that's my takeaway with that. Yeah, it's just it's just not... There's so much too, like even in like that first room, like 
you like get that story blurred about it's like it's incredibly interesting like that right, you yeah. know like that the 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 it's like intended for someone else this Dunrick or whatever and yeah, that's not so that name. right so you're like yeah so you're like you're peaked very much it's a great job of storytelling so like I I'm sure the story told of this game is fantastic that's an incredibly open incredibly good opening blurb so that's all good and then you you find the you find the guy in the next room so it like kind of pays that off right away and tells you okay so this is the yeah. guy that was. So you're here doing some someone else's quest, kind of, you know, like, uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's very the storytelling is good, and I love that, but just the gameplay is just uh, so obtuse, man. Yeah, so you're yeah, trying to line up the your shots and yeah, ugh, it's, it's ugh, because ugh, of the, the layout. I, I wanted I wanted to like it. That's yeah. why I was like, I could. Did you see get into it. any of the battle? Did you get into a battle? Did you try? I got into several battles. Okay, man. yeah. Are you kidding me? I the the first time. I wasn't really understanding what I was doing. I was, it just felt like I was duck crouching, half singing. I was like, what is... But then, like, I won the battle, and then I realized, oh, okay, this is a different movement. This button combination is a, is yeah. me swinging. I got kind of more used to it and started taking people out. So I, I got kind of the, the flow of it. I, yeah, I've but never... I would never it say... It easy. I would never yeah. say it was smooth. Right, yeah. I would never say i gotten good at it, but... It is when you first that first battle, you're and you're like, this is horrible. Like it yeah. looks awesome, like these huge sprites. You know, it looks like it's gonna be fucking awesome, but it feel it's such a stilted thing because it's not. You're not your 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 input does not really correspond with what happens on screen in the way that most real time battling on the NES no. does. You know it's what I mean? It's almost like rock'em sock'em robot style. Yeah, that's a great analogy. You know, Fantastic only the arms analogy. can move left and right too. Right. It's like, oh, each move is static instead right. of like this smooth kind right. of Street yeah, you're, Fighter 2. You're kind of or yeah, maybe another good analogy would be the Dragon Sword arcade game where you like you get a problem and you're just you have an option set of just like you hit like you know hit a hit a button or push a direction. Like you just need to do a thing here that is an input. It doesn't necessarily make you feel like you're doing it. You're just giving a command to yeah. this disembodied sprite. I'm on like, screen. oh wait, left and B is like swinging, but right and B is right. a duck. Okay, oh right, all right, yeah. wait, but no, but I need to. Yeah, yeah. it's and yeah, and it feels the, and like the you're have, while you're battling, which is right. Odd. The monsters have tells too, kind of almost. Uh, Mike Tyson's punch out of you. Like they give you a tell of what they're going to do and then you need to put the input in to properly respond to that, the ducking and, and shit like that. So yeah, you can get good at it, I think. And it, it probably does feel good once you do. But that is a little bit of a learning curve for sure. And that, uh, that's probably how this whole game is. And I just, like I said, I if I'm I'm open to the idea that that could all happen. But I'm not going to do it here on the NES. I'm going to no. wait for the 16-bit version where <laughs> the fidelity is at least a little better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I wanted to. I, I I will have to say I spent more time playing this game than I expected to. Yeah. I was like, I almost wanted to skip it. But I was like, I can't skip it. But it, just because I just knew it was going to be one of those, in my mind at least, this is going to be a long side quest worthy RPG kind of a thing. Right. Like, level yeah. Three. And that's a good, interesting question is whether or not it is. I haven't played it enough to know truly. Like they have yeah. in, in the feature, they have detailed maps for the first five levels and then a page brushing over a tease of six and seven. And then the final battle against a dragon. Like I said, I knew that was the case. So that's kind of what I right. expect that, that image from the, the demo to be, uh, or the meat of the feature. So I think it's only seven levels, but, I know 
it's there it's a lot of the dying repetition so i just don't know yeah. I, i'm curious whether like i said whether it is it, it, it honestly what i expect is it probably falls more in that in between range i've been talking yeah. about kind of finding the the kill quest vibe you know where like not quite enough but there's enough copy in this that kind of makes me question like and there might be enough because of all the copy and storytelling effort you know what i mean and that's really what the side quest shit's about so maybe uh it will probably be a shorter side quest but that's maybe not a bad thing (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah and there's it's 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 not just there's also puzzles too like there's a lot of I, I guess, anyways, I didn't encounter any because I couldn't I stick with it that long. But doing reading and watching videos and stuff, there are there's puzzles too. There's like, it's in the demo. You might even not notice it's doing it in the demo because of the, how again how shitty the graphical fidelity is. But the, you know, there's like using your staff to like maybe bend a light beam to hit something like that kind of shit. You know, like Raiders of the Lost Ark type shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sunlight hits a beam and fucking opens a door or whatever. So there's like. You know, I love that shit too. So there's, I think, yeah, there's a lot here that probably is pretty good if you can get past the the feel of it all. You know, yeah, um, could be, could be good, man. Like I said, it could be, could be deep, but also felt clunky, and I didn't really want to do it. Like I was like interested enough, I wanted to like it, but it's like you know, back in the day, during the time when this came out, if maybe not me because of my initial reaction to strategy games at that time, I'd have been like, Oh, what are we doing? But you never know. I might've gotten into it. Cause I got into like gauntlet too and love, you know what I mean? Depending on what type of game it is. So yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. This be. is this very different field than gauntlet too. Much more, much more shit. Much going more, on to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot more shit going on. They, uh, real cool. The, the, those battles we talked about, I, the, that's actually my track for this, this game. The, the battle music from that is really dope. I can 100% see that glam rock Wizzy jamming to that that tune <laughs> on a Walkman as he buzzes <laughs> through these dungeons. Like jitters, actually. I would, t- I would call the movement. That's the thing, too. The movement, because of the, the, the frame rate that the NES is capable, that's another reason to wait. Like, oh, he man. looks like he's jittering. It's like a very yeah. stilted... Especially if you're hitting multiple, thinking you're doing different things. Right, yeah. It's pretty it's <laughs> tough look. Very tough look. And this is a game. I I think this one. You're talking about like yes, all the all these building blocks are there. It's just the kind of your engagement of them that sucks. Like this is the kind of game that a remastering of would be really dope. That's like, exactly I, what I was right. thinking. Yeah. yeah. So I guess I, I was curious enough about that to look into that. In 2021, there was a release from a company called Cubite Interactive, which is a Brazilian developer that seemingly does a fair share of this kind of thing, revamping old games for modern consoles and i watched the video and it looks like maybe at best a 16-bit tier look to it mm-hmm. and i'm sure it probably has some quality of life improvements that make it a little less friction to engage like i think you need to like really what would be good with this is like a true like in unity remastering Remaster. obviously i prefer yeah. vr but whatever just a, a a true remastering in a modern engine uh that you could really do some dope shit with this probably for sure uh, i agree if any if you have any vr development ties and or capabilities please do reach out and let's talk about making that happen uh 
disciples, yeah. Next is classified info, and there's plenty of goodies in here. The Ooh. first one is recent ISOH game app alum Castlevania 3, and it's a bonus Belmont's code. Enter your name as help me whenever you punch in your password, and you will start the play with 10 lives. That's pretty cool. That would have been helpful. Yep. <laughs> Next is a Final Fantasy thing that I am absolutely livid. Both Jab and I forgot. Uh, and did not talk about on the side quest. So it tells of an invisible man you can talk to in a room north of the Queen's Chamber in Kyneria Castle. So the first castle you get to. So you can walk up to what looks like just a blank tile and hit the engage button. And the dialogue you get is, the princess was looking for you. And they also mention in this that this dialogue changes once the princess is rescued. But they don't tell you what it becomes, unfortunately, uh, here in the, the mag. And as with all things Final Fantasy, a little Googling, and you'll find there's way more about this that the super fans have dug up and published on the wikis than you might have guessed. So this NPC sprite is invisible because of a bug that they have, they have discovered. Mm. And normal programming in the game makes NPC sprites inside rooms only visible when you go inside the room they are located in. Or inside any room, I guess. But... They have to be on screen in a room, and you have to go inside of a room. And this NPC has inside a room code, this invisible one I mean, has inside a room code to them, but she is located outside of a room in the castle. So she's out in a hallway, not in a room. So that's why you can't see her, is you have to go into a room for her to appear and she's not in the room, you know. So playing around, someone was playing around with Game Genie-like code tweaking abilities and found that that allowed the sprite to be seen with a walk-through walls code. And doing this long after Nintendo Power called him a man here revealed the sprite was actually a female. So, yeah, they call him Interesting. Uh, yeah, they call him male here in the, or they assume he's male here in the, uh, the mag, but it turned out it was a female. So unfortunately, none of this wiki action had what her dialogue changes to post-Princess Rescue, and that kind of bummed me out. But please do write in if you know, Lord Disciples. That would be interesting to hear. Yeah, I but. definitely searched my Final Fantasy notes. So like, definitely not an invisible person. Did yep, not yep, find an invisible yep. person. I'm pretty sure, I feel like it's, we knew about this as kids, and the only way we could have known about it is if it was in that strategy guide so i assume it's in there and we just glossed over it somehow or another uh, is i didn't think to go back and check but it, it has to be because yeah we definitely knew about this and it upset me <laughs> there's a pretty hot grinding cheese for swords and serpents that the side quester in me appreciated you get passwords for both your characters in the game as well as your level reach in the game so there's two separate passwords and they suggest that you enter your advanced level character code in addition to a low-level game code, and you'll go into the game back at that further back spot, but have a higher-level character, and you'll be able to vape things, but the way the experience system in that game works, apparently, it's not any slower. Like, you get... like the I guess the experience must not scale hmm. for en different enemies... It must be just like every enemy you kill is worth one or something, you know, uh, is my best guess for how the math would work. Yeah, so you can you can kind of accelerate the grinding component of that, and that would be a real nice cheese to have if we were ever to side quest that particular game. So that was kind of cool to read. 
And the last one I had is Image Fight is the only one, uh, or rather being the only one in here that I couldn't remember having played or discussed. And this is an IRIM space shmup that feels miserably antiquated and shitty. So we do not need to discuss that, in my opinion. I don't know if you had anything from Classified here else you wanted to discuss, but that was it for me. No, that was it. Those are the main things for me as well. Everything else is games that I absolutely would have skipped over. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> then we get 10 pages of Crime Noir Heat on Kim Sega's Deja Vu, and it dropped at Christmas. So this past Christmas, Christmas 90. So it's live now <laughs> if we really want to dig into something wild. The data box deets are 1 megabit mem- program memory by 2 megabit character memory. We've got an MMC3 chip, and it's got 64K of work RAM. The power meter goes 3.8, 3.8, 4.3, 4.5. That's an aggregate of 82%. Also pretty good. Also, as the kids say this day, these days, full cap, bro. So much cap with that score. Get out of here. No, this game, dude, this game is good, dude. It's just like Shadowgate. What? It's just like Shadowgate. Josh, this this, this, this one's me, actually better than Shadowgate. I me, think... Let, let me tell you. So, let me give you my take here. This game has some fire opening music. Kimco. Fire, yeah, fire yeah. opening music. Definitely that. But that point and click on the NES, I could not get past the opening screen. The I, I great, told you. Great, great I, feature. Great feature. But I was just like, I just can't even... I can't we, I've told I you. I literally the, couldn't get past it. Like I, I told you with Shadow. This is it's the same exact thing as Shadowgate. I've already said this. I've already made this <laughs> disclaimer. This is not a reason by which to form a negative opinion about a game. I think <laughs> this is a different time and place. You cannot knock it for that. You can say I don't enjoy doing it right now, but you can't say it's a it's a bad game or the eighty two percent is capped because what? because of that particular thing. That was the only way to do this on the NES at the time. Uh, there was no, no better. That's that's. That's that's a lie. They could have made a different game. They made it that no. way. No, no this game already existed. They were porting an existing game. This game already existed. Yeah, nobody told them they had to do that. They could have made a different it's, game. It's a great game. Point. I'm telling you right now. I fucking so this. Wow. I'll get to the game. Let's get to the, let's get to, get yeah, to the, the, the mag yeah. the mag first. The, yeah, the features so, great. Like like the other. Uh, yeah, it's a. Ma- I think this is this might be the best it's game feature. feature. To date, like between the artwork, the copy, the layout, all of it, it's all themed very well in this crime noir world. They open with a great blurb. Murder is a dirty business and someone's got to clean it up. In Kim Koseka's mystery thriller Deja Vu, that someone is you. But who are you? That's one of the mysteries you've got to solve. And who killed Joey Siegel? All the evidence leads like a trail of crumbs straight to you. Finding clues to prove your innocence in this PC-type game will like will be like finding stars in Hollywood. You know they're around, but you can't recognize any off the screen. Fans of Shadowgate will catch on quickly to the step-by-step action, but the challenge is to piece together a puzzle, not battle monsters. You're racing against time, the cops, and hidden dangers. And that's the thing. Wow. Like I love Shadowgate, but it's much more straightforward. You don't. There's no. You're just trying to progress in a normal fantasy environment. The really cool thing about this is you, your guy doesn't know who he is, and in turn, neither do you. So you're both you're 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 you're, you're acting as your customary detective because you need to solve what's going on here in a typical detective way. But it's the twist of not knowing who you are and that being your incentive to do it. And therefore, you're approaching it from a different perspective is a really cool 
narrative device, you know, mm -hmm. uh, that is it made it really, really compelling to me as a kid. Um, yeah. So much. Of, so that's the opening. That's the setup. Much of the content in the next nine pages is laid out. It's it's got it's it puts it on these like spiral notebook page backgrounds that look like they've been ripped out of the notebook. The little ring holes totally. are all torn. Yeah, a la eighth grade for sure. Right. Yeah. One hundred percent. So before five stars came into play and you could rip it out so cleanly, basically. <laughs> so yeah, it's like a detective's notebook, and that's so fucking good. And at the end, before the uber necessary uh, map of how all the screens areas link uh, together to help a dumb vigil a dumb child visualize problem solving flowcharts that you need to in this game there's a half page of that same notebook paper where you can write in your own info under various headings keys notes addresses medicines letters other info and i would say playing this game you don't need to actually memorize any of that shit the addresses in particular like that's a big thing like knowing where things finding where things are having addresses and being able to get in these cabs and have them take you to these places to investigate them uh, that's a big narrative part of this game. So you don't need to memorize that shit. It saves them. But it's still elite Nintendo power layout design and surely helpful for some of the aforementioned dumb kids playing this opaque video game to be able to write that shit down, you know, uh, just to remember, you know, helps you just literally remember, it, remember its existence that you write it down, 100%. you know, just that, that, that muscle memory. So, yeah, very fucking cool layout. And then the actual copy they packed this banger with is divided up into two sections. It's got Diary of a Gumshoe and The Case History is the way they title them. And the first act is a semi-subtle hint system posing questions you'll need to answer to progress in the game. And then the latter is a more deliberate laying out of the answer for when you're completely stumped. And both are numbered so you can easily cross-reference the clue questions and the answers when and if you need to. And it's all just so good. And I can remember, dude... I can remember pouring over this map, trying to decipher it like Einstein developing the theory of relativity uh, on a rental of this game way back when. And it just being, I, be, I remember being so stymied, <laughs> like completely stuck uh, and unable to progress in this game. So, you know, for what would that have been? That would have been 10-year-old me, 9-year-old, 10-year-old me, I think. Uh, just, yeah, so, so difficult. But very, yeah, very, respect. very much intrigued, you know. Yeah, man, and like I, I know, like we've we've battled it back and forth before. Like I've said, like the the Shadow Gate falls into that, you know, kill quest between a, a side quest and game at realm. I think part of my thing there is maybe is just selfishly like I know that game almost wrote so. This one intrigues me more because it would be more. Uh, and I'm kind of like changing my tune on my incentive to push this game as a game app because I would be playing it in a discovery way. And that to me is very appealing. And there's more to talk about if you can approach, especially this type of game that way. Like it's obviously we, there's a million games we have played and will play that I've played a million times and I know wrote, but this kind of game, that's all there is. And that's all there is to talk about. And like the path of discovery to solving these puzzles and how you get there is what's interesting to talk about even. So to me, this is much more appealing as a game episode if I have that to do and to chew on, you know. Uh, and again, I realize that's selfish and does not change the fact that it might still fall into that realm, but whatever. This is an emotional journey here. And <laughs> <laughs> no, that makes sense. I, t I totally get it. The layout of this mag makes the 
appeal of playing this higher it just i can't like i said i literally couldn't get past the first screen I, that that point click on the nes is just a hard it's tough but it's dude, once a, a blocker once you such a blocker once you get savvy to it and like i you know i'm a, a, a fucking a child obviously quickly learns it understanding the ways you know you can't call them hotkeys because you don't have hotkeys but kind of like the hotkey approach to it like you once you learn to kind of how this interface works and are able to better line it because you have that move box in the in the hud there at the bottom and it shows you where because you know if you look at these there's just still images of the environments in the view window you know so you can look at that and have no clue where to go or where you can go more importantly which is why they have that move box it shows you all your possible exit points on in this particular room or area and once you are able to better understand how that might line up or better internalize how that lines up to what you're looking at in the view screen and kind of use that to move around, it speeds up using this UI, I think, and also just kind of how that finger moves around in the HUD because you, know, you are just hitting ways in the D-pad. It's not like a mouse where you drag it, or you just point it and it just moves through space you like hit right and it moves a certain place. And like until you learn how that really flows, it's particularly uh, frustrating because it's just moving to some random place almost, you know. So once you've oh. kind of like we were talking about Immortal, once all these games, once you understand and internalize the fucking system you gotta use to engage it, it gets a lot a lot of that friction goes away, I think. Uh, but it's yeah, it's not gonna be you are gonna have to approach it with some level of open mindedness and some level of uh, patience because it's not perfect because you want a mouse for this for sure. Um, but again, the game I think is so good and so interesting. The story is so interesting that I think I'm, I'm more, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm incentivized to push it. We'll see. That's, you know, who knows? Who knows how convincing I can be? <laughs> After that map poster with the rest of the the Deja Vu area layout uh, and then the Bart for Space Mutants shit on the back, we get an 11-page slapper on Sunsoft's Gremlins 2. The data box deets for this are 1M by 2M cart, MMC3 chip, no working RAM, power meter goes 44373941, aggregate of 50, or sorry, 80.5%. And all those numbers are exact, this I, Thought to look this up. All those numbers are exactly the same as they were in issue 18's appearance of this game. So they are keeping notes over there at Nintendo Bar headquarters. I know we talked about a potential incongruence of these power meters before they switched over to numbers. Uh, where it left some kind of guessing to maybe what number they were giving you, you know. Right. So whether or not they were they perfectly lined up when they appeared at multiple in, in different issues, we were unsure. But here we get exact uh, numbers. So that's... Good to hear for, again, my spreadsheet, I guess. Maybe only. <laughs> and there are maps, tips, so on and so forth through stage 5.1 as far as the feature goes. Uh, no deja vu on the design front, though, I would say, as far as like the quality of effort given. Uh, it's, it's themed, and it's in the movie's story world, but there's not nearly as much cool shit going on, I don't think. Uh, we've talked about this game before, and I don't know, man. Like, it's it's definitely not bad. I mean, it's Sunsoft, you know. But I was a tad bored when I fucked with it. I don't know if you fired it back up and have any 
I mean, uh, it's Sunsoft goodness, you know? Right. I, I've played it before. I have nominated it before. It's, I don't know. I, I didn't play with, play it long because I knew it was a game I kind of wanted to play and definitely have not beat. So, okay. Opinion, okay. opinion okay. unchanged. Okay. Yeah. Once, I mean, you know, it's not that I'm like, I think it's bad by the way. You just got to get into it. Right. Once you get cooking, it's probably pretty serviceable. Uh, and I understand that. Yeah. Word. After these messages, we'll be right back. You'd never know it if you were just listening to the pod without video, but that is a 1990 U.S. commercial for Mega Man 3, and it's a very top-secret operations-themed deal. It's got a guy carrying a briefcase with the goods, and being <laughs> t- he's being tailed by a helicopter and SWAT fuckers on rooftops and shit before speeding away in his Porsche and leaving the briefcase behind to be found by a teen skateboard gang. And then the end uh, reads, Mega Man 3. It's out. That's all just a big white text on a black card. So they thought this shit spoke for itself and went the shock marketing route. <laughs> and they were probably right. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, that's all you had to tell me. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. I'm in. Just Im- interesting imagery and then what I need to look for in the aisle at the Toys R Us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not bad, I suppose. This month's Game Boy special feature launches us into the home stretch of the issue. It's a pretty piss poor lineup in my book. It's Dragon's <laughs> Lair, <laughs> F1 Race, Bry Fighter, Super Scrabble, and Mercenary Force. Agreed. And, like, I so much agreed. I was like, man, this is such a disappointing spread. Right. Yeah. Who gives a fuck about you? Like, I know some of these IPs, but I know zero of the actual games themselves, you know, which I don't know. It's kind of, you know, it's interesting. Like, I'm not suggesting that I'm checking out of Nintendo yet, <laughs> but like I kind of feel like when I think about my Game Boy library in particular, like I think all the games I had are already out. So like I don't know how much more Game Boying I'm doing. I'm kind of curious to see. Like, so yeah, I, like yeah. part of it. I guess what I'm saying here is my question. Looking at this and like, kind of like, I don't know. I don't know this shit's fucking familiar at all. Like, I don't know if that's because the games are dog shit, or maybe I'm just kind of starting to check out a Game Boy a little bit. I don't know. Uh, I guess we'll see. I mean, I know because Final Fantasy Two is not out yet. Final Fantasy Legend Two, I mean, and nor is Adventure, I believe. So there's definitely some serious Game Boy indulgence to go. I guess so that's not entirely. Uh, true, but I I know a lot. Of, those are Jav's games for one. Two, I am pretty sure most of the games I had are already out at this point. Um, Could just be a week slate. Could just that, week that's slate that's long. possible too, for sure. Yeah. The Game Boy Counselor's Corner does have a Gargoyles Quest nugget, giving that game a go is still on my retro to do. Uh, but the rest of this bullshit, Nemesis, the Daily Opus, who cares, right? They do tease a couple bangers below now playing though Operation C and Gremlins Two. 
And I would say the top 10 is pretty respectable. That goes Super Mario Land number one, Tetris at two, Gargoyle's Quest at three, Batman at four, Final Fantasy Legend one at five. Uh, that's the top half of the list, and that's all pretty good in my book. Yeah, I completely agree. I said the top 10 is solid, but the now playing section is whackness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then we move into Howard and Nestor. The subtly integrated marketing this month is for Trade West Solar Jetman. Howie <laughs> is back in the mothership giving radar-informed advice to Nestor, who is out in the towing pod looking for treasure. And after a hairy brush with some alien aggressors that Howie recommends dispatching with the multi-warhead missiles, Nestor pillages the treasure they were guarding only to be disappointed by the fact said treasure is just a chest of bow ties. And Howie thinks they must have had excellent taste, or they must have, I suppose he doesn't assume all the aliens are dead, that they have excellent taste. So that's the narrative arc of that little baby. And I guess, yeah, Solar Jetman being the featured game is the only thing to take away from that. The following four pages screen paid placement for the Miracle uh, miracle Piano <laughs> Teaching <Double> System. <laughs> we, are, we are seeing so much of this uh, in both Nintendo Power and Game Pro in late yeah. 1990 and now early 91, I guess, too. Uh, but yeah, the look of it is just so of the editorial I mean of like the feature is just so clearly miles away from the look of the rest of the magazine you know it's so badly like and I you know whatever I, this is it's not in the it's not like Mattel is releasing this so their marketing budget I'm sure is limited uh, but it's I think it's a terrible idea not to hire Nintendo Power's designers to do you can provide the copy but have them design the layout so it looks truly integrated as opposed to this like really stark visual difference that makes yeah. it look like someone just like haphazardly jammed it in last minute <laughs> you know i mean i was uh, gonna say show me some screenshots but they have some but it's i mean it looks you know honestly like the functionality of it looks uh, I think we've, this is not the first time we've seen this it looks i'm sure it's fucking awesome and if you it probably does a fantastic job yeah. of teaching you piano if you have that inclination and interest uh, but again, just the, this marketing choice was a bad one. And, and anytime I see like this poorly disguised paid placement like this disguised as editorial, it really rubs me the wrong way. Don't deceive me. I, I, hate, <laughs> I hate when you try to deceive me and assume I'm dumb enough to buy it. You know what I mean? That really, that really grinds my gears. <laughs> Even if I'm a kid, I probably was stupid enough, but that makes it worse. It doesn't make it better. So, Counselor's Corner then goes hard in this issue. It is all fantasy RPG titles. Right. It has, yeah, Destiny of an Emperor, Dungeon Magic, Crystallis, and Swords and Serpents. And I don't know any of these well enough for any of these hints to have significance to me. But perhaps that will change one day because some of these are on our side quest yet to be quested list. More importantly, we have mullet counselors, Jay. And yes... I used that word in a plural sense, so there is more than one. First up is one Tony Clayton. Tony has been a GPC since August of 89 and has a rather modest hobby list comprised of skiing, golf, and bass guitar. His best NES accomplishment is beating Chaos and Final Fantasy with only a knight and a ninja at level 26. And I think, yeah, I think both my and Jab's party builds in our side quest was more impressive. But golf clap, Tony, anyways. His favorite NES joint is Mega Man 2. Nothing wrong with that. Right? As for his mullet, it's a rather wispy situation in the back and an offset parting up top. And uh, it's it's dirty blonde, 
letting some of that business hang down on his fard, but by no means is it a reckless amount of of fard cover. So I'd call this maybe a MacGyver mullet, but <laughs> but generally speaking, it's a pretty forgettable rendition uh, on the overall. It's not a particularly yeah. mullet, I would say. The part is odd. I don't like the part. It's, <laughs> it's, it's at least like your mullet. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I mean by least memorable. Yeah, right. By least memorable, I kind of mean like, yeah, you did it. But. Right. Yeah. It's just. It's just. It looks half. It looks a little half-hearted. It's just, it looks <laughs> like, you know, you want a mullet, but you either have you you either don't have the know-how or the tool. You don't have the you don't have the resources to make it happen. <laughs> Or you didn't somebody's try. Somebody's not enough. really letting you, and you're like somebody will frown upon that. So you're kind of <laughs> right, doing right, some yeah, in between yeah. situation. Right? Yeah, you're half heart, half stepping. Yeah, <laughs> half stepping on your mullet. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, he's got an earnest smile though. He looks like a likable guy. I'll give that yeah, to him. You know. For sure. Um, so then, our other mullet counselor, we have Cesar Flori, and that's right, Jay. That's yes. And holy shit, does Cesar bring the heat? What is he on? What <laughs> is he on? Like this BS, guy, BS story, bro. This, BS story. This guy, this guy, is, he proof. just he just comes so hard in every way. It's just so. Uh, it's there's just so much going on here. It's the it's the maximum content you can pack into this quadrant of the the counselor's corner counselor profiles. It's the maximum amount of shit to talk about. That could be that could fit in those that corner of, of of one of these. So he has been around almost as long as our our our, our previous uh, featured mullet counselor. His status goes back to September of eighty nine. His hobbies are music, and you have to interpret that generality as meaning all aspects of it: composition, performance, consumption, history, you name it. And then beating other GPCs at baseball stars, which is highly specific. And I kind of want to applaud that specificity. You know, like I'm not fucking around this game and I'm not, I don't enjoy playing it. I don't, I don't enjoy excelling at it. I enjoy, I enjoy whooping other expert gamers asses at it. (laughs) That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying here. Right. And then his last one is playing Australian rules football. And I think you have to note, given the music thing, that there is no ambiguity to this. He plays that shit. There is no bunny foo foo sissy ass bullshit with the Australian rules football. He he participates in that highly highly physical uh, game. He doesn't uh, just watch it or maybe I don't know read books about it. He participates in the activity so <laughs> coming fucking hard on the hobbies he's there. an athlete too he's not just a nerd he's an athlete. right right like, exactly well uh, yeah exactly nice. yep and as you might assume from that hobby list his best nes accomplishment is an epic demonstration of both length and girth oh it, it 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 reads <laughs> completed contra in 15 minutes in one life with the smower dove no. suck it <laughs> Like he's like BS story, bro. I want proof of that. Come on. Yeah, so I want you better have you better be like our boy TC Christensen. You better join up with Nessa, get a hold of his AV equipment. I need to see I need to see some fucking some some twitching of this. I need to see your Twitch fucking minutes. Yeah, record it. (laughs) I need more I need more data, bro. His favorite NES game is Mega Man 3. And Mm. here's the thing, Jay. You'll never convince me. 
this his isn't him knowing he's going to be featured. No, knowing his profile is going to be featured. I see him. They give him his little the little form maybe that they give him with all the little questions for the profile, right? So he's got this. He knows his questions. He knows he's going to be in this issue. I see him asking to see all the other profiles of the the guys that are going to be featured or the the council, the GPCs that are going to be featured in the issue with him. He wants to see all those. He sees Tony's profile. He sees Mega Man 2, and he's like, fuck that. I'm going bigger. Mega Man 3. (laughs) I guess shit's barely even out. That's my favorite (laughs) NES game. I am on the cutting edge. You know what I mean? I see him trying to – that's a one-up move. That's not just – a a true honest answer that's him he's a cesar is a one-upper for sure in my he's in like my i had advanced i had advanced copy right no yeah. they came they came to my they came to my cubicle first with that shit <laughs> uh so as for cesar's mullet i'm gonna go 21 jump street two episode arc villain mullet okay. that's my yeah. yeah so so yeah so he's not just a co-star he's a multi-episode guest star on 21 jump street with this mullet it is somewhat high top-esque <laughs> on the business and the party in the back is just a short, sad, and out of place tuft that he hurriedly grew for the role. He didn't have enough time. Didn't have enough lead time. <laughs> Dude, oh my to, gosh, to grow. That's great. <laughs> that's right. It's fucking it's what it is. Oh, yes. And the the smug smirk on his face is exactly what you'd want out of an unjustified street tough villain. You right. Know what I mean? And he's like wearing the, all black. Yep. You know, yeah. appearing. Oh, right. Yep. Yep. So you know. Guy that probably goes without saying, Cesar is an early favorite for the 1991 Mullet Championship playoffs, and I am inspired by him to go ahead and get the bracket for that rolling, and <laughs> and uh, we can get that that cooking. Hopefully, I got it. Well, that will that will involve having to go back and see if we've. Well, no, that's a question we can talk about. I suppose whether or not some of the previous participants. I mean, at least the champion has to be a participant. That goes without saying, I think. But you know, how many how many how many mullets from the previous field. How far into the bracket do we bring them forward for the new one? Uh, is it just the champion? Should it be the final well, four? I don't we, know. Did we do it? Did we do it yearly? Because if it's yearly, maybe we bring back like the top well, three. Well, right. Well, that's that's the it, it. It's it's not that simple because we don't necessarily get them all. We do have a that's lot of them. All. There's enough. There's enough. Yeah. So yeah, we don't know how many we have. So that's what I mean. I have to go back and see how many new one new mullets I have since the last bracket. And then see if I mean, and how much we need to supplement it to have a full bracket. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot the of field. yeah, a lot of things. Is is it smarter to just wait a little longer, get a few more, get some rookies in there? I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> so yeah, we have to we have to see you know kind of how the data plays out. But I I, I am inspired to get one rolling for sure. Yeah, I'm so, all about drafting new rookies in. We got to see. Yeah. Got to get that. Te- got to get that new talent. Got infusion of new talent. Yeah, got to build for the future. Yeah, the I you know. So much fun. There's so much fun. All that. So much fun. But Jay, I got a real zinger for you. It gets better. It gets better. So when I posted Cesar's dossier on the socials, one of our disciples, one Joshua Prater, was so kind to dig up his Facebook profile. What? And yes, and we were just joking about messaging him. Joshua mentioned perhaps we could ask him how his guitar skills go while wearing the power glove is one particular one one question that could be answered uh in said interview and Uh, i have good news jay i will be interviewing cesar on the 30th for the second of our order of erdrick interviews i have spoken to cesar 
Uh, he uh, is uh, open to, perhaps even enthusiastic about this. So I am going to, uh, you know, I haven't done my homework yet, of course. Uh, I will do so. So I have uh, a nice, uh, hopefully interesting um, set of questions to work with as our foundation for the discussion. But, you know, the core will, of course, be about his experiences at GPC. So we'll get some some interesting insight on, on yes. what, yeah, what one of those would, uh, you know. And I've read interviews of some GPCs before. I don't believe I've ever read one with him specifically. So obviously every one of their journeys will be different. And that's interesting. Uh, but he's been there at this point. I mean, you know. This is what he's a year and a half ish. At least a year, yeah, over a, a year, year, a year and a half. So we spent some time there. Uh, I don't know how much longer he's there uh, after after January ninety one here, but certainly a experience pool <laughs> with which to draw a lot of fun things uh, and anecdotes. Hopefully, that will be a good conversation. So yeah, that's going to happen on the thirtieth. That's ten days from the day we're recording this. So uh, I anticipate that will be out probably before our next game episode. Uh, I would expect. So that's pretty fun and pretty cool. And yeah, that's, I mean, I, I the, you know, the, um, one of our other disciples. Go um, community. Yeah, exactly. Just <laughs> Go fucking. Go disciples. Yeah. Uh, one of our other disciples, Jerome, uh, was just like, <laughs> he'd like comment on that conversation. Just like the fucking internet's great. You know, that like, <laughs> I didn't even think to do it. We sometimes will do that. We'll talk, when we, we see these, we'll try to look up information about them, you know? So yeah. I don't know. I didn't think to ask Joshua, the, the disciple, whether, us having done that inspired him to do that. Like, if he's actually a listener, right. and that's or if why he, just he likes thought, to look up people, and he's like, right, right, yeah, it happened to do so, like you know? right. So, yeah, that I, I didn't think to ask that, so that would be fun to know, I suppose. But yeah, I didn't think to this time. So then, like the fucking singularity effect out there of of the, our disciple fucking uh, pool here is just like, no, the hive, the hive is like, no more fucking that that. The gif of Adam Driver, just like, more flame fire, cook it! <laughs> it's fucking great. I love it. Uh, love, it. Uh, love it. Yeah, so much fun. Oh, man, is there a better part of our podcast uh, experience here than the mullet counselor fucking track? <laughs> <laughs> Players poll comes after that, and it's yet another amazing contest. The grand prize is being written into one of the Valiant comic book series they have going right now, which uh, the probably the most notable and remembered one is Captain and the Captain Game N. Master. Right. Yeah. And they picture a comic titled simply Game Boy alongside Captain N here in the mag, and I never knew that existed. That last one, uh, or rather that one lasted four issues, uh, doing some research about it, and in addition to Captain N and that Game Boy comic, there was also a Super Mario Brothers one and then a Legend of Zelda line as well. And all of those only lasted five issues per. So I think it was a very short-lived life for all of them. And it's weird that I didn't have any of these. Did you have any of these? I don't think so. I I remember Captain N very much. See, I don't. I don't even remember that. Like, I don't really. I don't remember the. I, I remember because it was like it showed. Yeah, I remember definitely remember the cartoon. The I remember seeing the Zelda comic and like that Nintendo, the black cover Nintendo one. I remember seeing them, but I definitely okay. didn't have them. Never yeah, see, saw I never the got, Game Boy one, but yeah, the Captain N was the most popular of all of them. Right. I see. The, I think. I think I love comic books, and I love Nintendo. It's seemingly a marriage made in fucking heaven. <laughs> but uh, you know, I maybe maybe it's a testament to, and I very much feel this way now too like how small time valiant was as a comic publisher would be my guess because i didn't yeah. i was not a i didn't have a comic book shop to go to i got my comics oh. from like fucking 
drug mart or something, you know. Maybe actually or the game rental store eventually got them the campus video that we would go to eventually got comics. So I probably got some of my X-Men and shit from there. Mm-hmm. And then a little later, like middle school, when I was ne- not necessarily reading modern comics. Well, I was still reading modern comics, I guess. Wolverine shit, X-Men even. So maybe that's not really applicable. So maybe I'm kind of lying here. But like, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't think, but that would, I guess that does make, make matter because these wouldn't have lasted till middle school. I was in grade school, like fourth, fifth grade when this shit was happening. So, or fourth yeah. grade, even maybe even third and fourth grade. So yeah, so I was, I definitely wasn't going to comic book shops then. And that would have prevented me from being in a specialized retailer that would have had those, you know? Uh, so maybe that's why. But yeah, I don't have any memory of the comics at all. And I'm no. sure I would have bought them if I did. <laughs> my, <laughs> or tried my heavy comic collecting, even though I was definitely reading, like at this point, I had definitely been reading at least The Flash, um, like Archie comics, stuff like that. And then some old DC stuff. But my heavy comic collecting came after this. So I, I definitely right. would have missed Same. all of this, except for like seeing the Captain in uh thing on the show. Right. Yeah, with the shows. I mean, I uh, the oh wait, Super I, Mar- sorry, the Super Mario show and the Legend yeah. of Zelda show were on after school, so I had those. But Captain oh, N, yeah. Captain N did not have. Well, that was like specialized too. That was like a, a definitely a short time kind of thing. You know, I feel like that almost might have been maybe like a ca- uh, Saturday morning cartoon. That would I can't make remember. sense. Yeah. Uh, but Valiant comic, man, it's funny looking back at this now. I have a stronger reaction to being in a Valiant comic book now because of my later comic collecting, like in the later 90s when Valiant has some stronger stuff. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I know there's some some comics later that I would think like, oh, Valiant's like this this big up and coming. I'm surprised at this point in the timeline that Valiant was doing stuff. Yeah, (laughs) I'm surprised because in my mind, maybe – you know, give it four years later. I'm like heavily in the comics. That wasn't who did Spawn. You know? What was Spawn's? Spawn was Image. Image, Image right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I definitely remember Valiant. But I feel like it was it was definitely later, definitely a few years later. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I like like I remember getting like, the first X Men I ever had was I. I God, such a psychopath. It was two seventy four, <laughs> uh, issue two seventy four of the Uncanny X Men. I, I guess that's important to say the. And I remember getting that, like, visiting Baltimore. And, I mean, I, I was before my mom died, I don't know, second grade or something like that, first, whenever the hell that would have been. So I remember getting that, and... Oh, that was your first one? Oh, Right, okay. yeah. It's like, I, definitely that's, had, that's I definitely had that one. Savage Land. That's It's in the jungle. It's like Savage Land shit. It's got Rogue on the cover. Yeah. And, yep. Magneto. Yeah. Yep. So that was my very first... X-Men issue and like I didn't I didn't start getting them again until like a like right after 300 like I want to say and then I, I got some back issues because the shit happening around 300 was pretty that was around when the Wolverine Adamantium I think 304 Uncanny 304 was the one that, that tied in with Wolverine's uh, that Fatal Attractions um, series if I recall correctly and that was when I was get, really getting into X-Men so I collected some back issues around there to kind of tie that first issue I had and that together story-wise, but I wasn't like going and getting them on a monthly basis yet or anything until Gosh. later on after 300, you know? Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. 
comic books, comic books, comic books. Oh man, I, I still talk, do. I'm I getting talk X-Men comics all day. Like, dude, I, I, I still have my my Marvel Unlimited membership, and you know it's six months behind the current stuff. So I was like so current, like on social media, listening to stuff. But then I realized, wait a minute, I'm six months behind now. I can't keep listening to what people sure. are talking about. So I actually have a backlog right now. I'm probably like a year behind right now because of everything else. I don't I don't engage in the digital shit, but I guess yeah, I don't know if I've said this on here, but I I get Wolverine. I the modern Wolverine, I get Oh yeah. I have a subscription it comes to my house. <laughs> uh yeah, I I got into it. I was like Really? I didn't yeah, know you I, could do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh I I I feel like I had to have talked about it on here, but I it might have been like during COVID? Maybe before COVID. It was out here. But I found this comic shop that was kind of – it's on the way to the place to get my hair cut. So I noticed it and I'd always wanted to stop in. When I finally stopped in, I noticed there was a new Wolverine and I bought that issue. And that might have been like, I don't know, issue 11 or 12 of, of what I guess is a new Wolverine oh. series. And so I got like 11 or 12 and I, I started going there just to get it every month. And like at some point, something happened. I feel like I talked about this on here. At some point – Marvel got fucked up. Their distribution thing got fucked up. And the store yeah. wasn't getting the Marvel books. And I was like, well, that's a problem. <laughs> so, so I fucking, I subscribed. So I would get the shit sent to my house. Marvel's subscription thing is dog shit. It's so bad. The the customer service, the, it's so bad, dude. It's I can't believe. That's what I'm saying. I, and, I didn't even know you could have it individually ordered. Oh, it's so line. bad, dude. Their customer service and website, all of it is, I can't believe how bad it is. But... Uh, sometimes they'll sh- they show up at different. Like, I've I've had issues not show up, and like the new one come, and then the old one come behind it. You know, like just oh, just so bad. It's, it's terrible. I it's awful, awful. But the comics are good, and it's Wolverine. I like Wolverine. So yeah, I I started at like ten or eleven or twelve or whatever it was, and I ended up buying all the back issues. So I had, actually I just read it last night, the new one forty one, which is awesome. It's got a, the cover is dope as fuck, dude. It's like a half Wolverine's face, half Sabretooth's face, and uh, had a pretty cool, uh, pretty Wait. cool issue. I'm like a half done on the spoiler. Is it still just to check for spoilers? Is this? Set... I'm not gonna talk about story anyways. But okay, good, good. Carry on. Carry yeah. on. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's honestly, since we're diving so deep on this, fucking let it fly. I like <laughs> that's actually my one of the other things that is awful about it is. They don't let you. I mean, you know, it's not that the threads are so far apart that you. It's comic books, fucking. You, know, you don't really yeah. need to know the story. You just they're fighting. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, like it, it's you barely need to follow the story. And it's yeah, it's not so far apart that you have no clue what's going on. But they, you can. I mean, again, I can see the business threads now, and they don't. Like your issue forty of Wolverine. There's a big gap because they jump around to eighty-seven other X books. That they want you to also subscribe to and buy before we get back to issue 41 of Wolverine. And you can see that. And you can see the disconnect. And it's like I said, it's not so much to totally turn you off and kill the opportunity to have the consumer that's willing to subscribe to just one book. It's not that bad. But it is bad. And you can see them trying to get you to buy. And there's so many advertisements in them. Both. Well, not for any. Actually, they're not actually advertising for other shit, really, I don't think. But there's so many like every fourth page is an advertisement to buy a different book, a different comic book series, you know, mm-hmm. new limited edition series they're putting out and other X books. It's just it's fucking awful uh, how uh, just grotesquely commercial they make it. But 
So is it wait? Hard, so with with the with the tie-ins and seeing other books, I guess I'll ask my question then. Is it set in the current like Rise of X, Fall of X, Dawn of X like storyline, overall X Men storyline? I don't know. I probably yes. Probably yes. Like I don't Krakoa. know. Yes, Krakoa. The yep. Island. Okay. All, yeah. A whole bunch of Krakoa shit, and yeah, okay, and yeah. they keep. Okay, good, because that's 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 the exciting different storyline. It's been different of all the other previous X Men that I'm like excited oh, man, yeah. to. And to yeah, if you're behind too, holy fuck, I could drop a I'm fucking. Behind. That's what I'm saying. I'm I'm behind. I could I could, I could drop this last issue. I could drop a fucking bomb on your head. Yeah, don't, with that. don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so yeah, so I yeah, so I I bought all the back issues. See, I have every single issue. Awesome. Through forty one of this new series. Uh, well, honestly, was I was surprised at how not expensive it was to do, you know, uh, to get those first 11 issues or 12 issues, whatever the fuck it was, uh, off eBay. I probably only spent, you know, was shipping stuff even. I probably spent less than 100 bucks to get them all. So that was pretty, uh, pretty easy to do. So, yeah, I have the whole series. And, uh, nice. you know, I, I bought a whole bag of those plastic sleeves and shit. So I got a stack of Wolverines oh, that awesome. I'm, I'm adding to every month. It feels pretty good uh, to just oh. sliding into the bag. Feels so good. Those Man. those bags are so so clean and new feeling. <laughs> Dude, I have, I, I'm like nerd now. Now I, there's like I decided within the whole new universe. Out of all the X books, there were like four that I was following. You know, what I mean, four different X Men X books. You know, mm-hmm. I kind of stopped short of Excalibur because I'm like, eh, I like Psylocke, but like the rest of those characters are kind of. So I was like, I'm reading the four, like cycling through those every. You know, they're released every two weeks uh, or every. Week I would like to, like but yeah, that's I, I. I've talked about. I. I. I know they. They keep this the 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 most X Men concise timeline. You know, like the most core X Men. Sure. That's my. Yeah, story. I know. It's just like what I talked about the Josh Allen cards. Like I have to set very defined boundaries for myself, <laughs> and do not overstep them. Otherwise, it's going to go totally fucking wild. <laughs> so I need to. Yeah, I just. I, I just no. Wolverine only. Yeah. Focus. Well, see, <laughs> see, I have the whole sub, so it's like, oh, I can read all the books. So if if there is a weird crossover that I'm like, what is this? I can so it's all like, digital. You do the all digital ones. Yeah, I just have it on my yeah. iPad, so it's like you can tap in and like zooms in. So yeah. I kind of actually kind of like it. That, no, that that was part of the a big part of what got me into it was like when I bought that first one mm-hmm. and like sitting down with it in my hand was it that's that's that is what got me going on it and keeps me in it probably much more so. It's like I. You know, I honestly, I, I read the stories. And I'm kind of just like, I don't really care. The <laughs> the and it's like they, I I don't know if I I'm on the fence whether I like this part of it, but like there's I'm sure the other Xbox have it as well. But they have like you know each page. And this last one didn't have it, which I thought was weird. But they've the first forty issues have had it. There's like one page early on that's like a. It kind of like it's like a explainer, kind of like yeah. catching you, catching you up, yeah. and it's styled in this way that is like the what's it cerebro like briefing yeah that's what i'm saying the, it's the just computer. part of this new yeah, yeah right yeah. yeah and then later in each issue they've had an email of some kind with a bunch it's like a redacted security yeah email yeah right with like more kind of just information to fill like you in on so things. and so redacted right. said this recently right right right, right. Wait, yeah what? yeah so yeah so I, I, yeah it's like it's like a, a cool it's a way to modernize it i like it yeah, I, like it a lot. I yeah, I, I think I like it. Personally, too, yeah. <laughs> it's the my the, the the thing about it I don't like is it's like 
it's just not it's like it's I, and this is just me psychopathic it's like it's always like, it's like when they have include computers and movies it's just it's, it's always just a little bit behind it always just feels like it's not quite cutting edge but they're trying to make it cutting edge like they're not it's just not it's always a little off like the ui is a little goofy it's just it doesn't feel and this isn't that bad it's like it's supposed to be a proprietary fucking cerebro I mean, it's not right. like it's supposed to be windows or anything i don't know it's just like there's something about it feels a little gimmicky to me well, I'll put it like this yeah. uh, in response to that specifically. Did you bite? I know you read the 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 lead up with Wolverine, so I'm assuming the answer to this is no. Did you by chance lead, read the like lead up to this whole? I read nothing else. So no, nothing. Yeah, that just Wolverine kind of set the stage for why each ep- each issue starts that way with that okay. exp- That's explainer cool. in that way and stuff and so like that it, yeah. yeah it kind of was like set you up like this is why we're in this universe and this is how this happened and this is and so it's kind of like oh that's why yeah. it's that's why it's taking me because i've had this marvel subscription for years man years but like i've definitely dropped and fallen off because storylines have been like yeah i'm this is just not that interested and kind of just whatever but like when they launched all of this I was like, "Whoa, I'm all." There's probably all sorts of crazy digital, additional content stuff with you get with the full unlimited subscription too. That I'm sure is just fucking an endless rabbit hole of like clicking on things. You could just like, like I said, any side care like, oh, what were they in before? Like, oh, what's their? Yeah, that's why I had to kind of set like, all right, I only really care about these characters the most. Like maybe something else every now and then. Like I'll read like the Star Wars. Like I read some Darth Vader stuff, which is like very interesting. You know, filling in the timeline. Um, before all these movies happen, but yeah. Anyway, word. Yeah, that's also part of why I stick to the hard copy books too. Is like I can't click on anything. <laughs> well, see, that's the thing. I I love that. I feel the same way about my comic books until recently. Like going back to my mom's house, like I brought several boxes of them back with me because she was like, they're just stored in her garage, stored mm-hmm. in my mom and dad's garage. So I was like, all right, yeah, I'll take them back. But then I don't have the space to really keep them, so I have them. But not in a place where I can like yeah. proudly. That's store that's why them that's why all the shit. Like, yeah, that's why all my shit like this is still at, at Ted's because I oh, I man. don't I don't have the space for it and yeah I'm not gonna I'm not gonna clutter my fucking space up with yeah. that shit. Uh, I need to get you need to have a fucking room. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why the digital is like is, right. is, is fine. Like if I if I, I were to move oh like believe me dude Ohio, if I were to move back to Ohio right now yeah I'd get like a whole freaking man cave study right, with yeah. like build a, a fucking, whole different situation build a building outside in the yard <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like fucking right. great it's like Grosenbaum if you want to follow Gros every every dude. six months he's got like a new new compound right uh, fucking addition <laughs> like I'm about to go live where Grosenbaum is like sure right. let's go I go buy a mansion have you been to his house no <laughs> oh yeah dude his house is fucking it's it's dope it's uh, it's out. Uh, it's near it's it's in that new albany area where i was about to say for sure abercrombie was and shit you know um yeah and he it's got a huge huge piece of land for sure house is dope as fuck uh yeah so yeah dude fucking i mean it's funny you say talk about the space even so with these 41 issues right like i have a bookcase in the corner of my room here i I, it's already totally full on the bottom (laughs) shelf is kind of like the haphazard bullshit shelf where I have like all my old, all my children's scripts and just kind of shit that maybe isn't lined up like a book, you know? And I've, I am kind of like, I'm kind of like jamming that neck, that last issue. (laughs) 
into a place uh, every month. And I don't. I honestly, I'm not sure what I'm going to do soon. But I got to come up with some See? sort of new solution. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know what that is yet. So that's the tough part about it for sure. So yeah, that's first prize getting written into one of those comics on Valiant. Uh, back to Nintendo Power here. So that's fucking cool. Of course, they you know they mention specifically that they're going to send you the issue so you can prove it to your friends and shit you know nice. because obviously that you'd have to prove that to for anyone to believe it so that's that's funny me. that they specifically cite that as as something they're put going that on to a do. coffee table at home so when people walk yeah. in like it's right there yeah i tried looking it up you know at the uh trying to find the winner of the stuff and no no deal unfortunately the second prize is a set of the comics third is a nintendo power shirt that they're calling a jersey and then they list and i and I, I don't think to do this make it a looking winners up and shit i don't think to do this often enough but they listen they list the winners of the september october issue poll as being patty williams of shrewsbury vermont and this was the <laughs> Ultima quest of the avatar contest if you recall that one where you got to you got to tour richie's haunted britannia mansion and visit origin systems hq in austin right and same thing unfortunately nothing on uh, doing on the interwebs about patty's experience and i just feel like that's so that's, it makes me it's why i'm so cynical about all these it's, i just do not believe that if a kid got to do that that there wouldn't be some shit somewhere that someone dug up Wanted to talk about whatever is crazy. Nowadays, it would be 100%. Like, you'd have right. to, somebody's there'd be, there Yeah, there'd be a fucking Instagram live fucking moment-to-moment video <laughs> to watch. So, I mean, and I understand we're not in that time. But the idea that no one's ever talked about that experience is just wild to me, man. You can't find these things. Cause, yeah, I mean, I but if there, are, if there are kids or something, then their parents are probably like, yay, you wanted some comics. Move on. Sure. You know, you're, going, you're moving on with life, you know. Right, right. But no, I'm talking about the grand prize winners only, of course. But the, you know, that obviously, yeah, parents don't don't care maybe about them winning. But even that, still, but, like, think about it. If you're, if my kid is written into, not me, because I, I like video games, comics, but like, in my, my, I'm thinking about myself, if my, if my, my mom, for sure. If I was written into like a Game Boy comic. I don't know. I guess she might be more proud and be like, "Hey, you were in that." Sure, yeah, she was. Well, that one's that one's, that one's kind of easy because so that's that, a little in, different. Yeah. yeah, the grand prize is inherently written proof of this. Yeah. So, I honestly, when we get to that one and know the name of the person, I bet I'll be able to find it no problem. You know what I mean? Because that one yeah. is, and it's in a comic line no less, which people already wiki the shit out of. You know, yeah, so, so that's different, right? So that one will be easier to find. But these trips, you know, these things, like you know, I, I would, I just, just very surprising to me. It's probably just like somebody contact you, like so and so will contact you separately to set up all your details. And yeah, I don't know why you would really share that in this time. You know what I mean? If I don't necessarily mean in this time. I mean after the fact, years later. You know, you would think some of these winners that read Nintendo Power grew up to be gamers too. And like, yes, I understand maybe not all of them where they would be participating in the retro game community in some way, shape, or form. But like, you know. How many fucking times have I talked about my fucking Wolverine letter? Like, <laughs> you just, if you had that happen to you as a kid, yeah. it's a part of your identity as an adult. <laughs> well, you know? I mean, I guess I could see that. Like, in the same way that I won that blockbuster gaming competition, like, this, I was the store champion, and I got to move on to, like, the district championships at, like, Wyandotte Lake. was like, oh, like, that was really cool. But I guess, but nobody's, like, interviewing me about it. Like, I didn't. But I didn't win the whole, whole thing. So maybe, like, if somebody was doing a documentary on, like, 
sure, sure. The grant, like the total uh, overall winner. I think you're underselling how hard I dig for this information, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking pruning Reddit threads and shit when I try to find these people. I'm not just like looking for like a fucking feature length documentary on it. Uh, I do the work. <laughs> now playing is next up so let's get down with some new game packs hopefully the six featured games that get a little blurb this month are conquest of the crystal palace jackie chan's kung fu jay you advocated for that before and it ain't bad the infamous silver surfer and no one's donated a hundo spot to the able gamers foundation yet and sent the discreets the receipt screenshot so we're not playing that yet thankfully and the adventure of rad gravity Werewolf and Arch Rivals. And we've already explored all these in the past, and their power pool cubes are all snugly falling into a respectable but not world-beating 60 to 70% range here. So not much to say there. The now staple recent release chart follows that, and we have a number of never-before-seen titles in here, so let us now discuss these. Chase HQ is a Taito arcade cop chaser action driver port arcade port that i said arcade 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 that never ended up getting a u.s release just japan so that's why that um, cart does not exist in our libraries it gets a 54.5 percent cum and perhaps that informed that decision <laughs> mm-hmm. that is on the lower side of what's really possible i would say in a nintendo power scoring right, for uh, driving spectrum. come on man yeah i mean a cop one you know kind of it's like spy hunter kind of idea you know and i kind of actually kind of like spy hunter as a mechanic because there's more to it than just driving, which is very boring. Yes, but yeah. if you're like, there's some chase shit going on, maybe. Uh, but I you know, didn't. It's not like I got scored the arcade version or anything to, to see kind of what the mechanics were. Don Bluth's Dragon Lair NES port hit in December. It is developed by Motive Time and released by ImageSoft. And I hadn't heard of Motive Time, but they had a decent gameography in the 90s. And they would go on to handle the SNES Dragon's Lair. And that's a cart that my high school buddy AGB had. And I remember it quite favorably. I don't know if you ever played that one or not. But the SNES one's pretty good. Which one? Dragon's Lair. Oh, I thought you said something else. No, Dragon's Lair. No, man. No, it's not good at all. Oh, no, the one on here. No, no, no. I'm saying the SNES one. Oh, okay. No, I I don't think I played that either. I was I was so soured on anything's Dragon's Lair. Like, I've never played a good Dragon's Lair game. I'm like, why do people... Like, who enjoyed Dragon's Lair? Why why do people keep trying to voice this Because the cartoon was dope. That's why. That's that's the reason. I, I just keep seeing terrible yeah. f- games from this franchise. Yeah. I'm like, just stop it. No, I don't yeah. get it. Yeah, honestly, they give it a 62% cube. That's, that's oh. not right. Yeah, it's not right. They I give couldn't it a even solid... get into the castle, man. Like I, I... yeah, I, I couldn't get into the first story. I could not get past yeah. that. The the bridge falls away, yeah. and you can't move fast enough to. Fucking... I can get the G thing, but like, where am I supposed <laughs> to go before the <laughs> yeah, dragon thing comes? Too, what yeah. is this, man? Yeah, it's fucking terrible, man. They give it a, a graphic score of three nine. That's insane. It gets a three four for theme, which. I guess it is clearly themed to that IP, and maybe that's right. where you get that there you go. idea that's from. That's fair. But yeah, play control is an abysmal two point one, and I think even that is an overstatement in my opinion. Generous. Yeah, but but when you see a two point one in anything, that's bad news bears, you know for mm-hmm. sure. And holy shit, yeah, the it's utterly unplayable. That very it's so hilarious that you <laughs> say you couldn't get the first screen because yeah, I I was like I die I maybe two or three times, and I was like no fucking no way. Dude, <laughs> I tried it like ten times. Oh, like I tried because I kept like maybe if I jump from this spot, maybe if I jump no. from that spot, maybe yeah, if that I dragon thing's there, or, yeah, or whatever. Like, it's fucking terrible. It's oh. so bad. 
I was so annoyed. I was like, I just, I can't. Like, if I, I, it was one of those situations. I thought if you come into this podcast, <laughs> trying to get me to play this, I'm quitting. <laughs> That's my last time. Issue twenty is into the line. <laughs> yeah, no, fucking horrible. The next unknown is Fisher Price's Firehouse Rescue from Game Tech, and Fisher Price is your cue that it's one of the early edutainment games, so not particularly targeted for forty-plus-year-old podcasters. Uh, it doesn't actually make it out till ninety-two, and perhaps that's again due in part to the abysmal score given here, a forty-eight point five percent, which will be the low watermark on this issue's uh, power meters. Miracle Piano Teaching System is here, and you can find its power pool for the first time because it wasn't in that paid placement feature earlier in the mag, which is also hot, hot, hot behavior. <laughs> they do get a 74.5, though, so honestly, if they were, I think they should have wanted to include it, but, you know, again, they just like, that was, uh, I guess it's just a testament to, like, this was the hard, fixed layout of that. There was no changing that whatsoever, and uh, whatever, you know, but. 74.5% should have been good enough for something like that where they should have been happy, I think, right. to tout that. Like, this is not a, a product for everyone, you know? Right. Next is an American Sammy action platformer that dropped in December called Ninja Crusaders. And, oh, yes, this is dude. described as ninja action here. Ninja in the chart. action. Yeah, that's yes. hot. Yeah, that got me thinking. And it's also a two-player simultaneous designation, and that is pretty fun. Uh, very Shadow of the Ninja. Um in function and the cum is a lowly 57.5 percent though and that is not fun unfortunately and i played it it's not a total disaster i don't know it's not good but it's not a total disaster yeah i i didn't make it past level one one Me either. but i wanted to keep playing i realized when i died i kept my weapon and the bow staff was stronger when i grabbed a second one it got longer so there's there's some stuff there. I wanted to keep. I wanted to like it. I wanted to keep playing it, but I kept dying. Right, like the one hit mechanic was just yep. oh, one hit death. That's struggle. that's his biggest problem to me too. It would be very genie action. Like what's going <laughs> on? Maybe, yeah, <laughs> just start with some cheats and it'd be dope. The yeah, I some game genie codes that didn't make me feel like I was cheating specifically. But yeah, it would be very hard to convince me that they didn't rip code straight from a Ninja Gaiden card, dude. Like, the level appearance, the sprite size, the movement, it, the controls, it all feels very on-brand mm. to Ninja Gaiden. Like, uh, very, this, uh, all of that, very, very much so. But yes, the big difference is the one-hit death as opposed to the life meter that Ninja Gaiden gets, and that just fucking sucks. Give and it's just like, it. all those things that are Ninja Gaiden-y, I can see the kernel of inspiration slash maybe blatant plagiarism but it's all just a little jankier <laughs> you know and that's yeah. obviously not a plus but yeah the, the two-player simultaneous action which I, I even like made sure to double check it was simultaneous to fire up a two-player game and yes you're both on screen at the same time playing and that you know mm. w- without saying would be more fun so maybe yes. with two ninjas is always better than one <laughs> so uh, <laughs> yeah. per- perhaps that would make it a, a much we got more a co-ninja right? uh, so yeah um not quite, but, you know, American Sammy is not a developer that I'm expecting much from. So, honestly, right. uh, maybe exceeded expectations. And then Romstar throws a December 90 released top-down action puzzler at us to close out the new shit here called Thunder and Lightning. And this is also two-player simultaneous and also a 54.5% rating, or power meter, rather. The box cover looks hella bush league. <laughs> so, I, I was not optimistic That's, between the score dude. and the cover. 
That's because this is the game that was on my BlackBerry phone before the <laughs> iPhone 3 was yeah. released and caused me to leave physical keyboards behind forever. Like, this yeah. was that hot game on the BlackBerry. That's yeah. exactly what it is, except you have a character holding the thing yeah. instead of it's, just, you know. It, well, it's, more specifically, Jay, the language you're looking for here is it is an Arkanoid knockoff. <laughs> it is an Arkanoid knockoff. And like Arkanoid... Yes. This is actually fun with a few interesting quirks to spice it up. I mean, yeah, you got the guy holding it, so there's like a story idea going on there. And an example I would use of the spicing up, I don't even know if you played it enough to notice this, but if you can get the ball, like one of the one of the real good strategies for Arkanoid, or to me, well, yeah, one of the one of the really cool stories or strategies for Arkanoid is if you can get the ball to go up the edges and onto the top, it can just, that you can knock out extra, a bunch of boxes in the, yeah, you can, yeah. without having to do any work. And that's cool. So if you could do that here at the corners of the top, there are these two plant things that will eat the ball and then spit out two balls as opposed nice. to the one that went in. So just little, I'm guessing I didn't get past the first board, uh, though I could have. It wasn't like it was too hard to do that. I just didn't. I was like, this is Arkanoid. I don't need to play more of this. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I right. know what this is. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. that I'm sure there's more of that in this game, those spicier uh, tweaks that are probably pretty cool and fun. So, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, it probably, if you want to play Arkanoid, is a fun mod. But if I want to play Arkanoid, I'm just going to grab my Game Boy and play Alleyway. <laughs> You know what I mean? And let Mario do the work. So it's just, yeah, it's it's not, there's not, there's, yeah. we don't need this. It's it's not an, uh, an essential thing, I guess, unless you're just like an absolute Ar- Arkanoid fanatic, you know, yeah. uh, totally. it's the only situation where you need to play this, unfortunately. Uh, side note, I played Puznik far too long in preparation for this episode. I was like, oh yeah, Puznik, I remember that, that name. And yeah, we had like, that, oh, yeah. yeah. It's good. 10 it's levels good. later, 11 It's fucking levels, good. It's a good-ass puzzler, man. Yeah, it is fucking good. Uh, what do they What do they give it again? What's the score? Like mid, it's down. like 60-something percent, I would look at. Yeah, like that's bullshit. 63, yeah, yeah. No, no, maybe? Yeah. yeah, it's a good puzzler for sure. I uh, concur. I concur. NES Achievers on deck from there, and we do have some Ohio representation in here. We have Trent White in Stowe, Ohio. He finished Ninja Gaiden 2. Good job, Trent. Respect. Yes, we have Mark Mowry in Arbana, Ohio, finishing Rescue Embassy Mission. Good job, Mark. We have Nicholas Marsick in the Dirty CLE. He rang in a hot score in Stealth ATF. He's third place on the list. Good job, Nicholas. And then we have Mark Oliger in Clinton, had a rather pedestrian Game Boy Tetra score, and it wasn't even on a Concord jet, so fuck you, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Not impressive. So, uh, as this uh, particular feature always leads to, we are talking obscure Ohio geography lessons here, and clearly the CLE isn't obscure, and Stowe isn't some raging metropolis, but it qualifies as a legitimate city, so we're not going to do that. So we have Urbana. That wouldn't be an asinine choice. It's got a population of around 11,000. But by far, the obscurest of the obscure here is Clinton. And that will be our obscure Ohio geography lesson this issue. As is always the case, this segment of the Imperial Schools of Honor podcast is brought to you by your mom. Where in the village, or rather, where is the village of Clinton, Ohio located, Jay? I, when I think of Clinton, I think of like, I guess I think of Clintonville, right north of OSU. So I have no idea where actual Clinton is. I couldn't tell you. I, I'm just going to guess north east of Columbus somewhere. Good, good guess. Good guess. So I like I to use Columbus as like a true, a true north <laughs> right in the center 
orientation point for exactly. a guess that turns into just four options. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty. It's good. my orientation. You know, I would do. Yeah. Am I going seventy-one or I'm going seventy? Which way am I? Going? <laughs> right, 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 right. Uh, well, you would go seventy-one in this case because you are correct. It is in the southwest or southwestern corner of Summit County and is considered part of the Akron Metropolis area. Okay. It looks like about a twenty-five-minute drive southwest from downtown Akron if you can manage it outside that soul-crushing Akron rush hour traffic that everyone knows of and it is founded in 18 or was founded in 1816 under the name savannah the 2020 census clocked the population at 1197 lebron james enthusiasts and it is up against the tuscaroras river and that is all she wrote as far as notable things to say about clinton ohio go uh, they don't even explain why the name was changed in the wiki nor could i find any answer on some cursory googling of why that would have happened either so um I know we I remember we had one name change that was like a crazy ass reason. Like they were like it was a a, a Native American name. Had to be originally a Native American name that they changed because some white girl like advocated for the local Indian uh population something or other like it was like a crazy ass story i remember so they didn't even have anything cool like that it's just changed for unknown reasons uh unfortunately so yeah no notable people no post office founding date no nothing uh i suppose maybe real shocker here jay if you want to call this interesting it's like it's comprised of like 98 percent white people if you can believe that <laughs> <laughs> really fuck it yeah total no, total no, fucking no. earth shattering uh statistic but yeah, that was the only thing that I read that I was even like, ah, maybe that makes me chuckle, let alone uh, Pete uh, with some curiosity. So Clinton, I, I don't know, 1,197 people. I feel like that might be the obscurest of the obscure that we've had in our Ohio geography lessons. That that's pretty fucking small. Town. Right, yeah. Something. Yeah, that's even smaller than OB. Uh, Oberlin. Top 30 time after that, we get our top 10 lineup going Super Mario Brothers 3, Final Fantasy, Crystallis, Mega Man 2, TMNT, Legend of Zelda, Tetris, Super Mario Brothers 2, Dragon Warrior 2, and then Back to the Future has erroneously been wow. printed as number 10. Uh, wow. That's a total fucking crime, I think. <laughs> Otherwise, I think this is a fine perspective right? for January 91, uh, you know, in my in my. Agreed. Opinion. I was going to say the same thing. Everything is solid. That's an interesting... Uh, it's a terrible, terrible entry. And this is new to the top 30, so I feel like maybe right. people were just swayed and this was just like sales and not necessarily true enjoyment of the game. Right, yeah, true critical. Yeah. Can't be true critical response. That's fucking impossible. Right. Yeah, I like the the Crystallis appearance too. It makes me feel good about pushing that for a future side quest. Uh, it's a big mover and shaker, I believe, with blue, right? I think that's if yeah. I recall correctly. Yeah. Yeah. See, um, and that 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 takes me back when we move to the next part, the next page of top thirty, like the dealers picks. I'm like, yeah, of course the de- dealers have to have Back to the Future high up there. Uh, yeah. Because you're buying it. Like, yeah, of course, Back to the Future, great property. Like, yep. Commercial commercial interest pushing. An overall um, data set in, in a kind of um, errant way. I concur. Other notables for me, in my rarely humble opinion, are Ninja Gaiden 2, Lurking in the Shadows at 12, awaiting us to pay some game up attention to this epic <laughs> franchise. And then we have NES Play Action at 16, with a blue color coding calling it a mover and a shaker that has made a big jump since the last issue. And we both love this, and it is fever pitch NFL time of the year with Buffalo Bills Karini towards the Super Bowl, so perhaps it is time that we address that video game for a game episode. Ooh. TB, uh, TBD. 
to be discussed, not to to be determined. Any others in here that you want to talk about? Were there? Not really. I mean, I love Double Dragon 2. I've played it. And beat I it. saw that one, and like I was going to write it down. I was like, I'll let Jay do it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I expect it. At this point, It's but it's been out for so long. You know, it's, yeah. That's not a reason to do a game episode. It makes sense for it to kind of like be dropping. Be wavering, sure. And yeah, it is It is very much a, it's it's the green one, right? The, the yeah. been here for a while kind of oh, kind yeah. of vibe. That's but so I mean, cool, we, see, we see a lot of other things that we've, we've talked about and played and things. So I, yeah, it's solid. I w- it would be nice and I guess they maybe wouldn't do that because it's a negative connotation on a game and they probably don't want to do that here but it would be nice if you had uh, uh, an opposition to the blue color coding of like a precipitous dropper you know what right. I mean like a moving down arrow right. or something so you knew right that, yeah. that it dropped uh, but again that would add negative connotation and I'm sure they sure. don't want to put that here Celebrity Profile follows that, and it's on NKOT. I can't even say it. NKOTB, New Ugh. Kids on the Block. Uh, so I did. <laughs> Josh, gag me with a spoon. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> me, me too. Me too. Me too. I had completely forgotten that Mark Wahlberg had a brother at all, and I have even less recall of the fact that he was a member of New Kids on the Block. I had no uh, recollection of that at all. Donnie is credited as having been a or being a confirmed Nintendo maniac in here too. And was very excited to grill Howie for tips where he was stuck on Load Runner of all games. So what a fucking weird game to be vibing on. <laughs> I mean, out of out of the group, somebody had to like Nintendo, so I'm not surprised. Well, they all it says they all do, dude. It says the group on the whole has NES systems on the tour bus, and they list off a pretty dope lineup of sports titles being their jam and focus. Tecmo Bowl, Ice Hockey, and Super Spike V Ball. And oh, it's really cool. Yeah, they they mentioned that Howie brought them an NES satellite. They apparently hadn't gotten wind of, so they were stoked oh, to start four playing. Right, start four playering. Uh, who's the Who's the fuck that gets left out? That's what I want to right? know. Because <laughs> it's five. Rock paper know. scissoring. Like what? Right, how do you determine yeah. whoever just misses fist, their notes or just, misses some just moves? Just fist fight. Fist right. fight in a cocaine uh, fueled. Uh, <laughs> wow, <laughs> I was trying to be more wholesome. Like whoever <laughs> did whack on the tour. Uh, yeah, that who too. knows. Yeah, I'm sure all of the above. So, no mention of it, but since they like Tecmo, Howie should have thought to bring them NES play action, too, man. You know, they like football, clearly. So Right? That's bring- immediately the first thing that comes to mind. When I think yeah, of- the, the, the four-player deal, right? So, yeah, I'm surprised did not think to do that. It's mentioned... Although, you know what? I think it might have just been rolling out in December or something, maybe, right? Maybe maybe it truly... Maybe he didn't have fucking cards Yeah, it hasn't something. been out too long. It hasn't right. been out too long. So it's mentioned here that Absolute Entertainment, that's my boys, Gary Kitchen and David Crane, are developing a six-level action platformer in KOTV game for the NES. And the exact wording is, this game should carry some of their trademark feel, uh, that being referencing Absolute's body of work, carrying over to the game. And as much as I love Gary and Dave, when it comes to NES platformers, that means not very fucking good. So that's bad foreshadowing, perhaps. Donnie Dubs' featured quote in the article is, They don't do anything unless we okay it. And he's referencing maintaining creative and quality control over the end product and that NKOTB has very strict standards of what gameplay need be. And maybe that's why this game never came out, because the boys weren't able to hit that benchmark with their prototypes, you know, because, uh, yeah, it never did get released uh, ever so, unfortunately. I'm sure it would have been dope. I know they're, they're mentioning here that, like, the game script or whatever is you're playing, I think, as a fan, trying to collect tapes 
or something, and that your your like adversaries are NKOTB haters. Haters. <laughs> you're trying to prove that you're the world's biggest fan. Like, oh right. my gosh, there couldn't be a game that I could care less about. Oh, so so oh. I, I I was very curious oh to know gosh. this, Jay. What is your favorite NKOTB track? <laughs> Anyway, none, huh? None. Oh, Jay, I wasn't into them at all. So I don't even know. I knew zero of their songs. And I gave maybe a half dozen of their greatest hits per YouTube's listen count. (laughs) Uh, You know, whatever that's worth a listen. And Jay, it's fucking intolerable. It is so bad. It is so bad. And like, I love, dude, I am not. There's a lot of fucking pop music, especially from the 90s that I like. Uh, I had singles of, uh, like, I was not anti R&B and top fucking 100 right. pop in 1990. This is fucking horrible. Oh. <laughs> I loved R&B, but this yeah. was just, like, the white version of um, <laughs> yeah, New so Edition. Bad. That's what they were supposed to be. And so, okay. you know, this <laughs> Yeah, but their oh, stuff. God's, yeah, no thanks, no thanks. It's all I, I do like half of those tracks. Their videos, you know, which is, I guess that's MTV. Of course, there are videos, but like half of the videos start with a motorcycle revving, dude. Like, in a, and one of them rides a motorcycle sl- in slow motion into something. Like really? half of half of those six I listened to. That's how it started. A motorcycle <laughs> revving, and I was like, what the fuck. What the fuck? What the fuck, man? Maybe was... chicks dig dudes on motorcycles. That's what the research said back then. Sure, sure. Because so definitely, I would be willing to bet like ninety percent of their fans are girls. Maybe ninety, maybe ninety nine. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, Jay, they're performing at the LA Forum in Inglewood on July fifth. If you want to come down for the show, I don't think I'm going, but you can crash here if you need to. <laughs> the forum's only I have a few a minutes thing away. That day, but thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm actually planning on killing myself on Fourth of July, so I don't need to go to that. <laughs> Which is anything's better than going to that on Fifth of July. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, I was surprised to see they were touring. I, you know, they played. They, there was like one of the videos I saw. Like I guess they play. I'm sure, they live in L.A. That makes sense. Washed up pop stars probably all live in L.A. But the they played the forum a number of times. Like some of their concert videos that I was seeing in the YouTube returns were at, at the forum. So they, that must be one of their spots. Cool. Pack watch. Now some of these games are out technically, but since Nintendo power has gone monthly, I think we can start just automatically lumping these preview sections into the unreleased category and awaiting them having full releases or features rather in issues down the line. So uh, I don't yeah. want to put any of these in the pool of uh, game map games yet, but we have Taxan's G.I. Joe. We have Irem's Metal Storm. And I think that actually gets a cover feature in the very near future. Mm. And we have Ultra's Base Wars, that robot fighting baseball game that I've talked about a lot. Monopoly coming to the NES is presented as con- con- constituting hot news. <laughs> which, yeah, fucking right on that. Uh, it is a good port. I remember it's a good Monopoly port, but that's not hot news. <laughs> uh, there's a game called Zombie Nation from a company called Meldak. And the next step in Kemco Seika's Shadowgate Deja Vu Mac Venture lineage, Uninvited, is here. And then we have Activision's Galaxy 5000, and JBC has a putt-putt game coming down the pipe. And the only one of these that really has me fired up would be G.I. Joe, 
I remember that game pretty fondly, and I think those are very good action platformers where you kind of switch in and out of different G.I. Joes, uh, which is pretty cool. Dude, none of those mean anything to me. This is yep. all about the Super Famicom Showcase. That That's is also where my eyes go. Well. That yes. is where my eyes go. We're featuring... It says... It even calls it here. The exciting thing, too, here, if you are young Jerry reading this magazine, it even says Super Mario Bros. 4. This is Super Mario Bros. 4. Super Mario well, World. Like, they, yeah, well, they... like This is the first time that... I don't know if you remember previously... Uh, this these SNES things previously have not had it listed as Super Mario World. It's just been like the next that's Mario, what I'm or saying. Mario 4. Like, right. It's, so, it's yeah, there with it. the title yeah. and the yeah. script, Super Mario World. So it's just like and you got F Zero Pilot Wings. So this is like it's legit. It's out Well, Was Pilot Wings not being an SNES kid, I kinda of looked at this. I know F Zero was a big thing, but Pilot Wings I wasn't really familiar with. Was that yeah. a game that was a was a hot one? It was one cool the, because release? of like it was one of those things that showed off the technology of being able to like fly and land and things. So it was like, okay. it was really cool. And okay. I viewed the Super Nintendo as like, wow, look at this cool technology. Let's see what we can do. And yeah, so so to me, like the colors and the vibrancy, like my eyes go here on this page, oh. and I'm just like, <gasps> you can, yeah. The screenshots they have in the U.S. Yeah, the screenshots <laughs> very clearly show the technology jump for sure. I, I agree about that. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I mean you just said it, but yeah, there's no mention of any U.S. drop date here yet, unfortunately. But it is hot, hot, hot news, and yeah, I mean that's you know that was the biggest struggle though. It was always like it's out in Tokyo. Look, coming. look what we're showing in Tokyo, and I'm just like. When can I play? Can I have it too, please, please, sir? Come I'm give me some of this action. This looking forward Mario to it. For action. Yeah, because I was not an SNES kid, even though Jab eventually got one. Like I said, I was just not on it. So there's gonna be, especially that early, wow. kind of very similar to what I talk about the Genesis having at the Genesis a little later. Early stage SNES, I just didn't have a lot of exposed oh. or was not exposed a lot to. I a, that's a little bit hedged by the fact that AGB had he. Must have got his SNES right at the jump because he had a lot of those. I, I know that initial launch library had SimCity. He had that. That Dragon's Lair game, I think, was a very early one. He, of course, had Mario. So he had a, a number of the early stage SNES games, I think, that... Uh, whereas with Genesis, I just none of those games I fucked with because I wasn't around anyone who had one um, gotcha. until a little later. So some of that shit I'm going to have exposed to, but there's going to be a lot of the early... Rampart is another one I think of that kind of seems like an early SNES game that he had. Uh, so there's some of those games I'm going to have seen, but there's going to be plenty that I haven't, and uh, I'm very much looking forward to yeah. trying a lot of those. Because, yeah, because I didn't have one, I'm never really incentivized to pick an emulator up and just start playing mm. shit the way I do with NES and uh, Genesis in the same way. You know? Interesting. Yeah, there's a couple games. I mean, for me, Super Nintendo was like, oh, my system. Like, because it's... It was one of the systems, like, my parents got it for me not too long, if my memory serves me correctly, after it came out. And so I was able to play Mario World and, like, win cool they, other they, games. They came felt out. guilty about that whole Atari to NES experience. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. But I, I was very happy about it. You know, cause I, <laughs> like, some of my favorite games, like Top Gear 3000, which was split screen, best racing game, upgradable over time, Knights of the Round, which is two player co op like beat them up but like one of the first times ever maybe the first time that i had like your your characters are upgradable over time again like you're fighting you start off but like visibly too like you start off as like a scrawny 
you're definitely not a knight. You're just like a dude with mm-hmm. a little weak weapon. And the more you battle, oh, now you got a little more armor. Oh, now you can actually do more things as you fight. Now you're swinging this huge and your sprite is bigger. And like it was the first time I've ever seen like your character fully change over time in a co-op fashion. So me and my little right. brother could play at the same time. You know, all these stages, it a game like that was just like this is the greatest game I've ever played, you know, and that's super yeah. Nintendo for me. You don't you don't have to sell me on adding RBG mechanics to other genres. <laughs> yeah, I'm a fan. Closing things out with the next issue teases, they have TMNT two, the arcade game, and Ooh. side quest hopeful Star Tropics, and then <sighs> Howie's Howie's letter Star- that I mentioned a, a little earlier. And he's most yeah, probably boasting about jerking around in London while he was visiting Rare Limited and Oceansoft headquarters in England. And there's a little bit of affirmation going on the monthly focus of longer reviews and the hottest titles at the expense of diversification um, of but lesser length and quality. Um, So that is it for Nintendo Power Issue 20. No, 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 no. No, Jay. It is blinging us into the nomination. Blinging us in. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I stand we, Yes, before we get to that, though, let's first quickly discuss the issue power meter aggregate, which was a 66.03%. Below that is, or below what is now a cumulative aggregate across all Nintendo power issues to date of 67.34%. So below par in the overall. The highest was Mega Man, 84.5%. The lowest is Firehouse Rescue at 48.5%. And the lowest real game, which Fisher-Price Firehouse Rescue is not, is Little Ninja Brothers at 53%. So, yes, now let us bling into the nominations. And uh, Jay, tell me what you got first. I was feeling very uninspired through this issue. The very had some very high highs, like Mega Man 3. But, like, I know that game so much, like, I don't... I don't side quest it, you know what I mean? Like, I have even beat it, again, not beat it, but in the last couple of years, I played through that, through two and through three, but, like, I made it to Wiley's Castle and stopped. It was hard, and I was like, oh, I don't want to put it in Suffolk right now. <laughs> like, my kids were kind of playing with me. Um, so, like, we had highs, great games, but then a lot of, like, games, like you said, the average power meter shows that were just kind of mad. So, I went with Gremlins 2. Sunsoft goodness. Uh, Jackie Chan, once again. Um, and Ninja Action. Ninja Crusaders. Okay. But okay, okay. I do not feel solid about any of those. <laughs> That's the problem. None of them I am not willing to pound the table for. Okay, okay. So I have, I do have Mega Man 3 because, uh, while well, I oh. hear you, uh, I, I think it is one of those. It's just one of the pillars of the system that, uh, at some point or another, warrants it. I'm in no hurry. It's not going anywhere. That goes without saying. So I'm not too concerned about uh, not doing it here. But I, I figured, I expected that there would be overlap. Actually, so uh, it made sense to me for that to be the case. Um, but I hear what you're saying. So uh, you know, if you're not being, it's it's your wheelhouse more than anything. Uh, if you're not 
uh, feeling uh, very, very fucking strong on it right now. I'm certainly not going to push that uh, too hard right now. The beyond that, I had Dragon Spirit. I had, I had like five or six actually. I pared it down to three this time. Uh, the next one was Dragon Spirit, which is that flying shmup with the oh, yeah. with the dragons. And we just did a flying shmup, so maybe that's a little too soon on revisiting that genre. Uh, but yeah, and then my last one was, uh, as I mentioned already, dude. NES action football. See, okay, I could see. I could do Mega Man three because I could like look up game genie codes. I could do something different. You know what I mean? Like it's been a while since I beat it, beat it. But I could definitely play some NES play action football. I mean, I, we we've kind of said that we we we've kind of said that we have to do it. That we both have a strong enough. It's NFL playoff for. football time. Right, exactly, and I think the time of the year is perfect. The Bills lose tomorrow. I'm going to want to kill myself every time I turn it on. But <laughs> uh, if they don't, I'll be super excited. <laughs> so that was the yin and the yang of uh, football fandom, I suppose. But yeah, I mean, it's like I said, it's, it's something that we both have said is an essential part of this podcast journey, I think. And uh, it's out now, finally. And yeah, like I said, the time of the year is perfect. So I, I think that makes a ton of sense to me. I think um, we pull so, the trigger. Yep. All right, dude. Let's do it. Uh, Tin Hut. To, yeah. Got to got to get to my fucking uh, hype video and um, my my sweet potato worshiping and chucking sacrifices into the pit <laughs> at the Buffalo Bills Stadium. All the things, all the juju things that need to happen between now and tomorrow at game time. Oh my gosh. Uh, the sooner that gets started, the better. So I'm not, I'm not going to force us to, to badger. <laughs> right. uh, any, lo- any longer about that on here. So that will be our next game episode. NES, play action, football. And... We will do that next, and then we will get to Game Pro's 1991 year. Uh, we'll get we will get Game Pro's 1991 year rolling with their January rag issue number 18. And I'm thinking we might get our first Fantasy Star 2 side quest at laid down before that happens too, depending on how you and Jab are coming along with that. Oh man! Like I said, once you get cooking, I don't. It's not terribly far. That stopping point that I'm giving you guys, so I don't think you guys will. Uh, have too much difficulty getting there. I would just say I started out very, very sad that we are not doing Star Tropics and wishing yeah. I had voted a little differently to get my Star Tropics on. Yeah, it's not going anywhere. That list, but I'm getting, I'm getting a little more, getting a little more going. But man, like I said, it's 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 fun. It's quirky as fuck. It's it's very, it's so different. Partly because it's just not sixteen bit game, so that lends itself to all these different things i think and two like i said sega is just way quirkier than nintendo so yeah, there's just so there's just a lot of, i think the, like the wherever we'll fall on the game who knows it's early but the process the side quest process per se i think is just unquestionably gonna be a blast with it so we will have fun recording i can't guarantee we'll have fun preparing <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i can guarantee we'll have fun recording so that is maybe the important part of those uh so press on wayward soldier subscribe to the pod on the platform provided whatever dumbass co- company that serves up your pottery please rate and leave positive shit for the pod on that podcast platform of choice or any other for that matter the website is nyehentertainment.com forward slash isoh pod email us directly at isoh podcast at gmail.com 
Follow the pod on Facebook and or Instagram at ISOHpod. Link to the YouTube gameplay videos playlist is in the show notes. There's the ISOH subreddit if you want to get down with us on there. We don't have a Patreon, but if you like giving money to things podcasters tell you to, I might do so at our direction. The Able Gamers Foundation creates custom gaming rigs for gamers with disabilities. That's cool as fuck. AbleGamers.org is where you can find them. Jay, what are your socials? Gentleman JB without the second E. Let's play some zombies. I am on... Twitter at Josh Fallen. I'm on Instagram at MyShafeyIsBroke. And that is where you can find me on Oculus as well. If you can drag me out of the solo adventure of Asgard's Wrath. Although I think there might be a co-op thing to that too. I just don't engage it. There's some sort of some social something going on in that game that I'm just... It's happening and it, it keeps trying to force me into it. I'm just like, nope, <laughs> You're not like, interested. No. <laughs> so maybe there is. I don't know. Maybe you can fucking find me in that too. Okay, bye.